Slip the jab. This is not a therapy session. And now, this is the moment fans have been waiting for. From Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, it's time! Bring the drama show, let's go, let's do it. It was only a matter of time. It's always just a matter of time. Just imagine if you bought a ticket. Stop it, Frank. You can stop it any time. My goodness! Now he's, he's got, got the best. Right now. That's it. He's got it. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. Okay, let's all get on the same page today, please. Is it the page that we could actually read? Well, what I was going to say is, I just want everybody to know, you, the listeners, everybody that, you know, is involved and listens to this show, Okay. if the board goes out today, <laughs> I quit. <laughs> I retire. I'm dropping the gloves, and you can at road about it. I will not go through what happened last week again. Uh, it was awful. And I won't put you through that. Tell the truth. I couldn't have been a good time to be with last week you, after that happened. You, you were the balloon that somebody, <laughs> like they started to let the air out of the balloon without you knowing. Like you were the balloon, and somebody started to let the air out, and then it's just... You pepped up right at the very end. What was it that pepped you up at the very, very end? Like the song? What were we talking about at the very end last week? Was Maybe. It, it could have been Tupac. My, we played Tupac. Yes, Malin over the first time we played Tupac. That's right. That's what it was. You hit that, and then all of a sudden, your deflated balloon filled up a little bit. Now, imagine this. I was miserable to be around the first time it happened, because we recorded for an hour. Oh, that's, the board that's right. went black, and then... We started I was, over. We started over. I was miserable to be around. Now imagine this. Imagine what I was like to be around after the second time when you left the studio. My poor wife <laughs> was like being with a black cloud. It was so bad that I legit had to tell her. I was like, babe, don't be around me. You don't want to be around me right now. Just I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I was miserable. I was so upset for so many different reasons. I was upset because of the time loss, because I started thinking about what we could have done with that time. I started thinking, not that it wasn't nice to see you, though. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's the only um, that was, silver lining there is it's like, well, I still got to see Ian. We still got to talk. We still got to hang out. That's good. But I started thinking about all the time it took me to write that shit, all the time it takes to record, everything leading up to it. So I got upset at that. Then I started getting upset at the fact that I started thinking about all the things we were talking about and how that's lost forever. And that started making me upset. We talked about yeah. so much. Three, what, a little over three hours? Well, it ended up being a little over three hours because we did an hour, started over, and then did another two. Yeah. So it was over three. But I'll tell you what, nothing hurts worse than something like that happening too it's like having uh, a piece of music and your hard drive goes down and you lose it forever like i've had that happen i've had people steal notebooks of mine that had lyrics in them that I've, i never got back and i couldn't remember you know every lyric to every song to rewrite them and nothing hurts more than that i've, I've had, lost poems i know what that's it's the worst 
It is the absolute worst. Thank God. See, that's one of the nice things about technology is now I write all my lyrics and I write everything in my Apple Notes. So okay. you have the cloud. So you lose your phone, no problem. You'll still have it on the desktop. You lose your desktop and your phone, no problem. As long as you have your Apple ID, you're good. Back in the day, you have a notebook with you know, six, seven years of songs in it. Next thing you know, some douchebag comes along, breaks into your car, steals your book bag with, <laughs> with your lyrics, gold. with the gold. Yeah, Paper and you gold. can never get that stuff back. Yeah, that's the rough part. For those, obviously, we're still talking about this. Not only, we did the first hour just over an hour, and then things went horribly wrong. And then we sort of... We're wondering, well, what do we do now? How do we pick up and move on? Because we had some pretty sweet, fun content at the beginning. We started with Nate. Yeah, we had a long discussion every way, shape, or form. Which, the plus is, we'll revisit that again once we once Nate's future uh, keeps moving forward and we hear how things are with him even as far as law enforcement is concerned and managers and the fact he still fights Jake Paul in August. So I'm sure we'll rehash and revisit some of those things. But we, we lost it all, and then it's where do we go? Okay, let's just do kind of a quick recap to what people missed. Like what we're doing right now. What, That's yeah, what we did. Yeah. And it's, but except we're sort of dumbfounded and in slow motion because we're still trying to get over the loss of this. We had to just pick up and redo. So we eventually caught a rhythm after that and then to do the whole thing and didn't find out till everything was done that everything we did. What's crazy is it was two separate issues. Yeah. There's a listener and friend of the show that asked me, did you ever find out? Did you ever find out exactly what happened at on match MMA? Shout out to him. Uh, he said, uh, what do you think happened exactly? I said, I know what happened the second time. The second time, it was the SD card. There was issues with the SD card. The first time, the board went black, and I still don't understand what it is, how it happened, because it's on a battery backup. And did you see I tagged Road on Twitter? I didn't. Well, yeah, on Twitter, whenever I, I let all the listeners know that there wasn't going to be an episode out this week, I tagged Rhodes so they would know there's issues with their board. And they got back to me and they said, reach out to us uh, so we can help troubleshoot this issue for you and see what the problem was. And I told them, I said, you know, you guys really need to put an autosave feature on your board. Yeah. There's no excuse for that. There's no excuse for you recording any amount of time and the board loses power. And because of that, the whole SD card gets corrupted, why would you do that? There has to be some sort of way you can implement an autosave feature where, you know, I'm not saying it has to be every 15 seconds prior or something like that, but, you know, five minutes, like anything would help is Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say. But they should have an autosave feature. That's crazy. The board loses power and the whole SD, dude, the whole SD card got, it's not like we just lost that episode. We lost everything that was on the SD card. Which Everything we, that was on it, which we had the we had the Mike Perry uh, content. Yeah. yeah, we had all that bonus content on it, and it all got corrupted. And you could never get it back because we. The other thing we spoke of is we we like to be authentic on on this show. So that's the problem we lie in. In that, okay, we lost that. 
we could give you guys a recap and tell you how we are feeling and how bad it sucks. But we're not going to have the same conversations no, again. I don't want to do because that. Because then it's weird and forced and awkward. And we already had that. And it's it's Nothing's better than reality. the first time. Nothing is better than your first impression. Yeah. And then you guys would easily pick up on the fact that, oh, this is a recycled conversation. Mm-hmm. Except it's a recycled conversation with nothing added. So if we do these recaps or have a recycled conversation... We add new to it, so at least, you know, here's some old facts, but it's authentic in that here's how it changed. Yep, but we lost so many good things. We had the the Nate Diaz, Let Me Down Slowly remix. (laughs) Please tell me you remember that, because... I do, I I remember it. You want me to play it real quick? Yeah, I do, because that'll put me in a a good mood. Okay, so it was was an idea. (laughs) I wanted somebody... We were talking about Nate Diaz, okay? And I said, um, I said, I really idea. want somebody to take the song Let Me Down Slowly by Alec Benjamin. And I want them to make a remix, a rap remix of it about Nate Diaz. And I had the hook for it. And here, I'll let's play the, the Alec Benjamin version real quick for everybody so they can hear. And then I'll tell them how I want them to do it. Okay. So, <laughs> and wait, should we tell them what the origin is of the? Nate let him down slowly. Peace. Yes, yes. Okay, so <laughs> if you watch the Nate Diaz video of him choking the Logan Paul lookalike out in the street, I said that it was actually nice of Nate to let him down slowly. When he starts going out, Nate doesn't just let him go and he cracks his head, even though he did crack his head open still. Yeah, but it would have been worse. It would have been way worse. Nate goes and he like lets him down slowly. <laughs> so so as soon as I see that- As he's that, unconscious. As he's unconscious. Instantly, I'm talking instantly when I seen that, I thought of the song Let Me Down Slowly by Alec Benjamin and the lyrics just popped into my head. Like it happened so fast. So here's the uh, here's the song and then I'll tell you the lyrics that they have to write to it in the remix. Okay, <laughs> so here's the song, a real quick clip. I once was a man with dignity and grace. Now I'm slipping through the cracks of your cold embrace. So oh, please, please. Could you find a way to let me down slowly? A little sympathy, I hope you can show me. If you wanna go, then I'll be so lonely. If you're leaving, baby, let me down slowly. Let me down, down, let me down, down, let me down, let me down, down, let me down, down, let me down. If you wanna go, then I'll be so lonely. If you're leaving, baby, let me down slowly. Okay. So we all got the gist of how that goes? Okay, so then for the version that I want somebody to make, it has to go something like this. You gonna mess around and leave your kids lonely, neck wrapped up as you fade out slowly. If you want it with me, don't be scared, homie. Like Nate Diaz, I'ma let you down slowly. Let you down, down, let me down. (laughs) You know, and then a little bit sped up. So that's what I want somebody to do. I want somebody to make that. Oh my goodness, that's so funny. (laughs) And then in the video, it has to be this. It has to be Nate like that like letting him down like every time up. it's like let me down down yeah. yeah it has to be this and then reverse back up and down down <laughs> like that every <laughs> so uh oh my goodness so hopefully somebody will make that but um yeah yeah oh. we lost a lot we lost the uh <laughs> maybe it was for the best <laughs> no maybe thinking back maybe what? it was best we lost that part when we were talking about 
uh, what I uh, I sort of let out oh, a lot of steam about the obese uh, influencer, the morbidly obese influencer who wants everyone to sign a petition for morbidly obese people to get a free extra seat on the plane because they don't fit in one seat, so they need the other one, and they want it for free. You went <laughs> off. <laughs> you you went off. It was probably best. Uh, that uh, that got destroyed forever. <laughs> yeah, you, you I started picturing. You got hot quick. It went off. I started picturing. Um, I started picturing uh, how we need to transport them if they're not allowed. Because Ian goes, "Well, what are they supposed to do?" Because Ian's a nice guy. Ian's like, "Well, what are we supposed to do? Just not let them fly on the plane?" And I said, "No." I said, "You take them how uh, how Noah did." <laughs> on the ark and i started picturing walking them on one by one onto the boats you're out of your mind uh, uh, so then then ian and i start going at it a little bit we had a little bit of a a thing because ian was sticking ian's a nice guy he's sticking up for the morbidly obese people and i'm saying that's not nice because ian's bringing up prada willies and it's you're making it sound like every morbidly obese person has prada willies and, you know, for a guy who's suck it up buttercup, you sort of didn't want the morbidly obese people to suck it up. You said well, no. they all have mental disorders and it's not nice to treat them like that. Yeah, would you treat a morbidly obese per? You know, would you treat uh, a different disease like how you treat a morbidly obese person? And I was uh, well, I was just I was being devil's advocate because there are, you know, there are people with mental health disorders that which I agreed with you. Right. Y- well, we eventually were on the same page. We just took a while to get there. You were thinking that I meant that everybody fits in that category. And I, you were acting like nobody fits in that category. And it, that, so we realized that we we're jumped into of, it so quick. Yeah. And then I had to like backtrack. And I was like, listen, I agree with you. Do I think there are some my 600 pound life people that have mental issues and disorders and that's why they're like that and it's not that easy for them to lose weight because of this this that and the other i said i agreed with you but i said that that's a small percentage like you know we can't just look at every morbidly obese person in this freaking country and be like oh well what are they gonna do they can't do anything about it because they have a mental disorder and it's too difficult for them like some people just don't want to put in the, the work. exercise work or willpower the willpower, no willpower or stop themselves from making bad nutritional choices that or just don't care until oh why well, can't get on a plane right so it's sort so of like that's well, all i was trying to say yeah so that's on you so yeah there, there was a distinction between the two it took us a heated a, a short heated debate to get it did. That. We yeah. argued there for yeah. a little bit. I had yeah. to apologize to Ian. I had to tell him I loved him. That's how we ended. I said, I love you, bro. We I for- good? I forgot that. Yeah, I, I said, that. we good, bro. I love you. You know so, I love you, right? So uh, it was good. It was good. We ended on a good note. My favorite. Sorry, I don't mean the. No, no, relive, please. What is it? Something we talked about? Yeah. What? My, my favorite that we have to add maybe the soundbite today. What? What? The King Green soundbite that we got to stamp forever. Fuck it. We're going to let some feelings out today. Fuck this. <laughs> Fuck this and fuck this. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. I get it. We fucking clash heads. Um, I was trying to go for a, 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 an elbow, and he kind of dipped his head, and we kind of clashed. But he was still fucking moving. He was trying to put me into a fucking triangle. I fought the triangle shit off, and he was still moving fine. And then after when I busted his ass, wow, then he was fucked up. He was still straight. And then we uh. tried to slide me on my money. That's what I'm mad about. I need my money, bro. 
I need my money. <laughs> so <laughs> let right, some feelings we, out today. Yeah. So Ian and I have made a, a decision that we're really considering taking that clip and then starting the podcast with it. You know how we have all the sound bites in our intro? We're thinking about adding it in there. We're going to let some feelings out today. Because we do. Because <laughs> we do. Yeah, we, yeah, like, we do. We like King Green. Oh, that was so funny. Yeah, that clip needs to be cut up. You need to make two different sound bites out of it. It needs to be, we're going to let some feelings out today. And then you need to take the part where they're trying to shake me out of my money. I need my money with a mic drop. They need to do that. And... I think I mentioned that I really want a t-shirt that says, we're going to let, we're gonna some, let feelings some feelings out, out today. today. Yeah. So if anybody, hey, I'm size medium um, men's. So And then speaking of remixes and videos to rap songs, they need to take the old DB. Hey, dirty, <laughs> baby, I got your money. <laughs> yeah, they need to take that and have Bobby King Green in it. He should have that for his next walkout song. Oh, dude, that is a great idea. That's what he has to do. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit him up on that. Remind, we are really gonna do me. that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tag him on social media and yeah. tell him you need to come out to old dirty bastard, baby. I got your money. Please, we got, we have to. That is a terrific idea. It's fantastic. And maybe he'll like it. He'll use it, and he won't be mad at me anymore. Maybe finally. Maybe finally. Finally, I'm gonna try to get back in. One of my favorites, good graces for a long time. Um. So, okay, Ian, anything else fun that happened last episode? Way like, too much, but we got to move on. We got important stuff. We got to go. We're keeping this under like a decade today. Let's yeah. move it. Okay, let's do it. So, listen, today we are switching things up. We usually start with the UFC. Today we are starting with the BKFC. We're starting with BKFC 41. My boy, Platinum Mike Perry, he defeated Luke Rockhold by TKO at 1 minute 15 seconds of round two. I just like to taste that sweet je ne sais quoi when it hits my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) That je ne sais quoi. He's the best. He's the best. Hey man, I'll tell you what, Luke Rockhold, I gotta hand it to him. He is uh he's quite the jellyfish. Because he ain't got no heart. <laughs> oh man right there. Oh. He ain't got no heart. You know, you got mankind from the WWE. Oh, he had my a goodness. freaking tooth stuck in his nose right here. I remember and he that. just smiled it off. You got Anthony Lionheart Smith. If he was fighting, he would have just handed his teeth to the ref and kept going. And yeah. then you got Luke Rockle. Oh, my modeling career's over. My modeling career, your tooth broke. You know, why are you stopping the fight? Because your tooth broke. Do you agree with me that that shows that he ain't got no heart? I, I mean, I, I, uh, he, he said that he's not going to quit, and he quit. I don't know. So you agree I he's mean, a jellyfish? I mean, I... I, I I couldn't tell from the looks you were giving me. You were being sort of quiet, that, like, eh, here goes I mean, Mean I, Lino again. I don't know. I don't that's, agree with Mean Lino. But I, now I get it. Your look is more like you just don't want to be a mean guy in general. But, yeah. I mean, I could actually... I mean, I could speak on this. I've I've had teeth knocked out uh, a couple different times in my life. So, I could... I, I think that... Does that qualify me enough? Like For I've, what? We to, already to, know you're a badass. To, to speak on this. So I, I, yes. I, I've had my teeth knocked out, and it was... Yes, I never right, had, well, thank God. Like, in grade school, uh, in gym class, my I, I did some flip thing, and my own knee knocked my front tooth out. Okay. And then there's blood and stuff. 
And you kept going, right? Well, they, they you didn't say it. my modeling career's over. No, they were like, you got to go to the nurse. I'm like, well, why? <laughs> like, my tooth's already out. I'll keep that. Give it to the tooth fairy. But there you go. How old were you, too? Uh, probably, let's see. Hmm. I think third grade. Well, if little baby Ian Ebba can do it, then big old Luke Rockhold surely should be able to do it. I have my front two knocked out. Is it a, as a, and a, and then a, he came out to Time to Say Goodbye, which annoyed me a little bit. Not that I don't love that song. I love Time to Say Goodbye, especially the Andrea Buccelli version, but it was a weird walkout song. So he sort of started off on the wrong foot, and then he did that. And I already don't like Luke Rockhold. Many people already don't like Luke Rockhold. So I'm sure this is putting the uh, nail in the coffin. Yes, that is the saying. <laughs> nail in the coffin. I wish he wouldn't be so expletive and definitive whenever he says he's going to do something. You don't like that with anybody. You don't like when fighters say they're going to do something and don't. That's one thing so you like, don't, don't like about like, Izzy is you hate when Izzy says. Yeah, just don't say it. Yeah, like, just don't don't talk it. about it. Be about it. I don't know. Mm. I just talk about t-shirts. There you go. Somebody already made that t-shirt. It's oh, still good though. Oh wait. We'll talk about it. Be about it, <laughs> okay. baby. We're gonna let some feelings out today. <laughs> I got something for you. Okay. Uh wait. Oh, Soundbite. <laughs> oh, that was another thing e, uh, that we I, lost from last well, week. We did. But we look, did all the, the. But this plays into it. All right. We didn't do all of them. Hit him, homie. But, but, Hit him with it, homie. Hey, Mister. That's right. Play play my favorite one since since you got him out. All right. Um, No, yeah, here it is. Here it is. You gotta have both feet in the bathtub. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Nice. Wait, what's my favorite? Mine's... Again, this goes to the BKFC. If you're going to fight in the BKFC or any bare-knuckle fighting, then you have to realize something. And here's what you have to realize. That MMA... <laughs> That's my second favorite right there. That's mine. Luke Rockhold recently came out. He spoke about the incident. Uh, let's see what he had to say. You can check bare knuckle off the list. Some crazy shit. Those little knuckles got me. Square on the front, too. Maybe a beard. Maybe a better mouthpiece. It's a good fight. And I'm going to stop it right there. <clears throat> so... How come the mouthpiece, do they not, obviously they don't help all the time then. Well, there's a, yeah, that's true. I mean, I I did happen to notice when he put his mouthpiece in at the beginning of the fight, I did look, for some reason I noticed the mouthpiece and I did honestly think to myself, this looks like a, a, a crappy $4 mouthpiece. Jeez, you could tell that just from looking at it on TV? Yeah. From I, a distance? I'm, yeah, I'm thinking this Why? is... Why? does a crappy one look like versus a good one? Oh, man. If you just go to, you know, Walmart and get the ones that just... They just are a solid color and they are one solid shape. They don't have any additional gel inside. They don't have other reinforced pieces in the mouth piece um dude i played sports my entire life and i never seen those ones you're talking about 
Like well, with gel in them and re, I always had the ones that's just a solid piece of rubber that you mold and boil in water. And those, that's sort of the one he had. But those ones back then, the mouthpiece, just the gum shield, the mouthpiece world, just so y'all know, has jumped sure. leap years in technology in the last 20 years. Like everything else. Yeah. yeah. So last 20 years really shot up. Uh, in fact, now they give dental guarantees on the mouthpiece, and depending the better it is, the more you get. It might start out at seven thousand dollars, and wow. it might go seven thousand like, dollars for a mouthpiece. No, no, no. The if if you get damaged while wearing it properly, you could you could. Uh, I mean, they that's what they guarantee money wise. So some and and the other thing is, and they still have ones that are solid. And you mold like that. Most of them still do. But you might not see the other pieces or the gel. It's one unit like you're talking about. But they are thicker with better material. Like the one I used growing up for football, wrestling, you know, a little street basketball. It was the one that it looked like he had. They're junk. You know what I mean? They're not very good. So that part was kind of confusing. And the fact that if you're, if you're going to do bare knuckle, it's harder to breathe but you may even want to do the uppers and the bottoms. So they, they have those for MMA or whatever you want, to be honest, sport. Mm-hmm. But they are upper teeth, bottom teeth, and they have a, basically kind of a hole in the middle so you could breathe. But it's a pretty restricted breathing, which I don't – I think I tried one, and I don't like that it. That doesn't it sound is, like that would be very good for fighting. I mean, it's because good for – Because your breathing pre- is a big part of it. But you would argue you're supposed to breathe in through your nose. So it shouldn't be as a problem. But once you get tagged in the nose and that swells up or you break your nose or something, then you have to be a mouth breather. And to be honest, I, because I have kind of thin nasal passages and I've never been good, I am a mouth breather, which is not smart for somebody that participates in combat sports. So I actually spend more time breathing in my mouth and out my nose and it's supposed to be breathing in through your nose and out your mouth but that doesn't work with me and sinus issues so then when all else fails then you go the jake paul logan paul route and you put a snorkeling tube in yes that's highly recommended yeah for <laughs> like a cheesy video <laughs> yeah. so yes the mouthpiece um was not good you're blaming I, I, it on the mouthpiece. He should have got a better mouthpiece with a $7,000 guarantee. Or better. You want a de- decent mouthpiece, you're going to pay $100. Did you, in football, have the one that hangs on your yes your cage? Or yes. did you? You did. Okay. It's sort of gay. I'm just going to say. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> I'm just going to say. Whoa, what? Yeah, I, we we so purposely good. didn't want the one that hung on the cage because it looked a little... Uh, Funukyo. <laughs> it's saying. so convenient because then, like, it you is very talk, convenient. You spit it out. You don't have to worry about your dirty hands that were on the dirty field and putting it back in. You spit it out and, like, you could talk, but you didn't lose it. And you take your helmet off between things, getting drink, whatever. You don't lose your mouthpiece because, what, you got pockets? Where you got pockets, where do you put your mouthpiece? Fanny packs, they're very convenient too. You don't see me wearing one of them. <laughs> don't tell Joe Rogan. Don't tell, Joe, tell Rogan. Joe Rogan. He's coming for you. And he's, you know, he has a firearm in that fanny pack, so keep making jokes. For every, for as much as I love Joe Rogan, he does a lot of, like, he's a big dork in so many ways. He always, see, when you see Joe at the podcasting table, he always looks hip. He looks cool because he's always wearing tees. Yeah. And they're usually really cool tees that you see him wearing. But 
if you see Joe in pictures with him and the guests prior or after to the episodes, he posts them on social media sometimes, he looks like a straight-up dork. Like, the shorts that he wears are dorky. The shoes he wears are really dorky. Like, Joe's a big nerd sometimes. So uh, With the fanny pack. With the, got he, fanny lo- pack. he loves fanny packs. And, uh, yes, they're very convenient, but... Uh, you ain't gonna see me rocking no fanny packs, uh, and just like uh, that, the mouth guard, I made sure not to wear the one that hung on to the case. <laughs> even if, even if um, I remember certain things happening, maybe I couldn't get a new one. Something would happen to mine; it ripped, it tore. Just had to get a new one, and all I could find for like that day was the one that hangs on your cage. You got I would scissors. cut it. Yeah, I would break the scissors out and cut it because I don't want to get made fun of. That's. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. No one ever made fun of anybody with that mouthpiece where I'm from. We have a lot of listeners that played football. You guys need to write in. Tell me what uh, what type of mouth guard you guys had. Did you have the one that hang, hung on the cage, or did you have the one that was just the the single? And you're listen, listen. I'm not saying that you're you're wrong in that uh, it is pretty inconvenient when you want to take it out. But the cool thing to do with it when you take it out was put it in your cage. Like you stick it here in your cage. And that was like super cool. It's like you smoke cigarettes. When I smoked cigarettes, I used to be like, you know, one of the 50s greasers. And I used to roll it in my T-shirt right here <laughs> on my show, on my uh, on my arm. I used to stick the pack like this and then uh, I used to roll it up like this. That was straight up 53 greaser there, yeah, my man. I loved it. <clears throat> All right, so let's hear what else this guy has to say real quick. Full disclosure, I still have a fanny pack somewhere in my closet in the back. Oh, listen, Ian, I, uh, I love tan, you. It's tan uh, leather. I'm not surprised. It's, it's tan <laughs> you, leather. You, you dress like Joe it's a lot. It's tan leather. <laughs> you want to hear? Here, cards on the table, Tom? But the, <laughs> I think you already went there. Okay, <laughs> cards on the table. Little uh, behind the scenes for everybody. This is something I never told you. Oh, great. We're going there. This, this, <laughs> this is going to be so interesting. <laughs> you sure you want me in a good Let's mood? Go. Let's see go. what happens when I get in a good mood. So, do you remember when we first made the engraved keychains, the wood one? Yeah. Okay. You came to the studio and we started kicking around ideas on how to market it and pictures to take and what will be cool. And you had like a million ideas, which were all terrific ideas. You were saying, uh, um, how you could hang it on your shoe, which was one cool idea. You were like, that would be a cool picture. And you were like, well, we could do it right now. And I'm like, okay. You're like, here, I'll do it. And I'm like, okay. And I looked down in the what shoes you it? had on that day. <laughs> what was I wearing? You were wearing those type of shoes that are almost like what the Greek soldiers used to wear, like the Spartans. What? Yeah, they were they were leather. And they were like a oh, sandal shoe, they but were, they showed keens. your toes. What are they? They're keens. Okay, explain what a keen is for those who don't know what that is. I, I never every, heard of a keen. I think everybody else that listens to this knows what the hell a keen is, except you. Keens are like outdoor hiking shoes that are made for like water and land. You can wear them in the water, fishing, hiking. They're very durable on sharp rocks, and you can walk into water with them. You could swim it with them. It shows your foot, though. Yeah, like, it's like, a, like it's you a could see your toes. Yeah, it's like a sandal shoe. It's a it's a ventilated shoe because it's a sandal. That's because you can wear them in water, and then it yeah. has a a very strong reinforced toe, so you don't hit a rock when you're hiking or kayaking or doing whatever. Yeah, they're so, very functional. But, but, but wait, very it's, functional it's not. Shoes. Here's more or less models. what you were. Yeah, exactly. Because there's, there's, there's I'm many looking models. at them here. A lot of the Keens don't show the foot, and you were wearing one like this. 
It was like a that, sandal shoe because you could see your toes. You that could was see like your, the first one they ever come out with. Like, the one I wear was of like the first one they ever came out with. That was exactly almost like what you were wearing. Yeah, that was pretty close. Yeah, that was pretty close. That was like the first model that they made. So, so it is. It's like a sandal with a very reinforced toe and bottom. Right. So you could run, hike, do that water. You put it on your shoe, and I didn't want to stop us. You were so excited about the idea. So you put it on, you tie it on your shoe, and we start taking pictures, and we do like this photo shoot. And the whole time, I know to myself, I'm like, yeah, I'll never put these pictures out. Never. I would never, sh- I would never market our keychain on this shoe. Like when you told me the idea, I was, thought it was such a good idea, but I pictured like, like a chuck. Pumas. I got Pumas. Like a Converse I, chuck or like a Puma. I wear, I wear like or an Adidas shell toe. Like a cool shoe. But you had to go freaking put it on a Keen. <laughs> I don't want our logo on a Keen shoe. First of all. With your toes. So people can see your toes. First of all. You never told me you th- that you didn't post them. <laughs> I had no idea. Of course you, you didn't know. That we didn't post them. And then why don't we just do it again when I wore... Or you wore a different shoe. Because then I, I, I felt I got, guilty to I tell have, you that I didn't like your shoes. I have. I felt 50, bad. I had, literally have fifty pairs of shoes, which you have a lot of cool shoes. So I know, I but I didn't want to hurt your feelings wore, that I didn't like your Keens. You could just okay. Here's how you could have phrased it. Why would you wear your Keens? Like you said, what they're good for, and I agree with that. Like you want to go hiking, you want to go up Lake Lanier. Okay, but like why why wear a Keen like for everyday use? They're darn comfortable and functional. <laughs> I like the fanny back to the fanny pack. You're all about convenience. Right. You take convenience over style and fashion. Listen, listen. You want to be comfortable. Wait, let me get back to the other part. We're jumping too You'd fast. You'd be a horrible we're, broad. We're ju- you probably wear the worst <laughs> shoes ever. Chicks, they suffer, poor girls. Oh, I, I bought my mother a pair of Keens because a few years ago, because she's that person, she's the old lady who's been wearing high heels her whole life. Because she got style. She's a clothes horse. She she literally has, or, yeah, she probably still does. She's had, like, a full ensemble outfit for, honestly, maybe every single day of the year. You go, Mama Ebbett. That's L- awesome. 300 plus. I got mad respect for people 300 like plus, like, full outfits. And she would dress to the nines every day that is every awesome. day so, character so i'm like listen like when i had kids it's like well you watch the kids and you do stuff so now we gotta do stuff so uh, you can't wear those shoes and chase down my kids they're little maniacs you're never gonna catch them they'll they'll, they'll dip on you they get three year olds you're gonna break your ankle two year old that's gonna dip on you and you won't catch him and he'll be in another county <laughs> i can promise you can't wear these so i bought her Keens, they were like navy blue and pink, and they were like that. Like now, you could wear them in the mud and the grass, and you won't slip and fall. They're good on concrete and rocks, and like you could still be summery. But how old's your mother? She's uh, 77. Okay, let's be, I mean, you see a 77-year-old lady, you let her go. You let her wear whatever the hell she wants to wear. She wants to wear some, what are those spongy shoes that everybody likes now? They're ugly as hell? The Crocs. The Crocs. <laughs> They are ugly things. I don't understand how they became. I do not understand I'm, how those shoes became one of the most fashionable things to wear. They are so ugly. 
I mean, you used to get clowned so hard if you were wearing Crocs back in the day. Suddenly, they're super popular. I I don't don't get it. They're so ugly. I don't have Crocs. The only time you should get away with wearing a Croc, you know when? In your own house. No. If you work in the hospital. If you work in the ER. If you work in the surgery uh, room. Because if you ever looked at hospital shoes, they sort of have like a Croc type of uh, feel to it they're like open back closed toe but open back so like i I could see if you worked in the er wearing a croc it just i'd let you go with that but uh they're just they're terribly ugly like i was talking to my niece on the last holiday and she was telling me how like everybody wants them they're like if you if if you're not wearing crocs now you're not cool and to me if you're wearing crocs you're not cool. And I feel terrible for saying this because we have a lot of friends and listeners crockers. who wear Crocs. I'm not going to say their names, but they are Crockers. They love Crocs. Anytime I make fun of them on social media, right away they tell me. They're like, <laughs> you're wrong and uh, don't make fun of me. All right, then we're going to go, hey, can you pull it out one of them there Twitter polls about me and my Keens? Yes. Which we, which, what should it say? Are Keens cool? Oh, <laughs> sweet and short our keen's cool and then we should do another one our crocs cool all right okay you got it um should we listen to uh the rest of what luke rockhold had to say real quick let's go okay (laughs) i don't know how we get to where we get but we get there it's a good fight it's a shame it had in that way you made it in that way (laughs) (laughs) i don't understand congrats thanks my sponsors thanks the people I'm not done. Some gloves would be nice, though. Wait, go oh, back. Stop go, it. Wait, we missed a part of that probably because I was laughing or making weird noises. He just said, he, he, congratulations to Mike, you yeah, tough bastard. Yeah. That's all he said. Okay, uh, that is. That's the part that... I mean, you're saying some gloves would be nice. You went into a sport, literally, that doesn't have any gloves. That's, that's what separates <laughs> that sport from the other sanctioned combat sports. Yes, and now you're asking for gloves. And he's saying, I'm not done. Just stop it. Stop. You're done. You're done. You were done in MMA. You didn't look good in the UFC. You don't look good in the BKFC. Where are you going? What are you doing? I think that's it. Just retire with your pretty face. You're beautiful. What do you have to fight? You get modeling contracts. I don't understand what he has to go fight for. I'm telling you, I think it's because he alone and do no gi jujitsu. That's there. We'll, We'll help his managers out and direct him in the future. Don't you think that that's the route to go? But he probably has this thing inside him where it's it's ego, and he was a champion once, and he doesn't want to go out like that, and he doesn't know how to let it go. Bro, you got to let it go. You got to let it go. You didn't look good in your fight with Costa at all, and this was embarrassing. And you were doing good. I mean, like, speaking of the fight, he had Mike's... He had him he tagged hurt for, him. he tagged him for a second. He was doing all right. But you, you're telling me as soon as uh, you get rocked, which Mike said, he was like, listen, he said, in the BKFC, when it's bare knuckle and you get hit, it's a different ball game. It you're is. not used to feeling that. Yeah. And that's what happened. Luke felt that. And he was like, oh, I don't like this. Yeah. But as soon street as you. Stuff. Street fight stuff. Yeah. But as soon as like you hit a little bit of adversity, you quit, bro. You ain't got no heart, so that ain't for you. UFC ain't for you anymore. Just time, time to let it go. Two things. Yeah. One, if you're going into the BKFC, you should already, in order to mentally prep yourself, 
you should already succumb to the fact that you might leave or probably will leave with broken or missing teeth yeah. and uh, good chance of a broken nose and your face is going to get cut open. That's 100%. Like, that's like the biggest thing. You are going to bleed. So you're that's gonna a get, fact. You're going to get split open. The third thing you mentioned is a fact. Yes, you're going to have multiple mouse lumps because knuckles are sharp. So anything they hit on your face, if it doesn't swell up large, it's going to be, you know, like a half inch mouse lump. So you're going to have those. You're going to be lumped all up and look disfigured. And then, you know, you're going to get cut up because those are sharp tools uh, that you're getting hit with. So it's going to be sharp bone against sharp bone because your face doesn't have a lot of padding unless you're, you know, a fairly heavy individual and have a lot of padding but so those things you have to know that and not just know that know and absorb that that's going to be part of this fight the adversity that you can't let stop you if you want to finish a fight progress in this fight you know make this your your payday Mm -hmm. so yeah that's the one thing that Rogan always says about bare knuckle. That's his one con against it. It's something, it's, it's the number one reason why Joe doesn't like bare knuckle. He says you take way too much damage. He's like, look at those guys. Look at the way you look after the fight. Because yeah. uh, originally, <laughs> Joe was all with bare knuckle. He had no issues with it. And then uh, I think it was the, um, who was it? Uh, the goat. Um, what's his name? <laughs> Connor's uh, ex-boy. They're not boys anymore. Artem. Artem Lobov, the goat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you're going at. When he fought, um, I forgot who it was. Paul. No, I think it was the one before that. Okay. I think it was the fight before that. I think. I think. I could before be wrong. Paulie. But I remember Rogan uh, talking about it on JRE and saying he was like, you know what? I changed my mind. Like, now I'm not so sure about this bare knuckle thing. The amount of damage you take is insane. So you're 100% right. You're going into that. If you're going to go into that type of combat sport, you need to know that that's most likely going to happen to you. What did you think was going to happen? Yeah, there's there's a good chance you're leaving with a lot of stitches in different places on your face as just the average BKFC fight. Yes, 100%. 100%. So he needs to, you know, I think he should take a leave from the BKFC. And I think the announcer they had needs to take a leave from the BKFC. Did (laughs) you listen to their announcer? He makes Bruce, speaking of Andrea Bucelli, he makes Bruce Buffer sound like Andrea Bucelli. He's probably the worst and most annoying announcer I've ever heard. It was really hard to understand some of the things and then i didn't like that he called uh damn mergliata big damn mergliata that upset me oh. don't call him big damn mergliata we only have one big oh in this uh big game john. big john that's okay. it you don't call him big it's like giving somebody else a different you know same nickname oh it's okay okay i didn't see it that way but you're right i, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I could agree you think i say shit just say, bro I got, I got i got reasons behind my craziness <laughs> you got to have receipts oh <laughs> Oh, he's got reasons behind my craziness. Oh. But uh, Paulo Costa 
You know, speaking of his fight with Paulo Costa, he chimed in. He had a little bit to say on Twitter Uh-oh. about uh, the event. He put out on Twitter, he said, oh, my God, Luke will have a hard time kissing guys now. <laughs> At least <laughs> the water. We already have enough problems with the board. Spit water on it. You know, I'm going to tell you what. You know, Paulo Costa, he a- makes a lot. 100% uh, he's homophobic. 100%. I think he hasn't even... I said that before. I showed you the one that I posted very... on thing where he's like, uh, they are gay, they are fags. Yeah, and he they, says all kind of. And you know, when I say they are gay, they are fags, I, uh, I don't mean it like that, but they are fags. And he says it again, he ends with it. He always makes homophobic, homophobic oh, all, remarks. All always. Yes. He 100% he's a homophobe. Oh, he's uh, out there. Man. He said, at least he has a hard chin with a toothless mouth. Perry did it again. Clap emoji. Boxing is so different than MMA, especially without gloves, dude. And then he went on this um he went on the, this rant posting a bunch of pictures of different fighters that lost their teeth. Like, yeah, one of like DC. So it was pretty funny. He's always good for a laugh. He is. He's he's always good for jabbing it, Luke. And then uh another interesting thing that happened in that event which I'm sure Uncle Dana was not happy about. Conor McGregor was sitting front row that night. Mm -hmm. And at the end, Mike Perry says, can I get a face off with Conor? Which Conor agrees. And he heads into, uh, what do you call that thing? Circle, circle. It's not squared circle, it's circle, circle. But it bothers me. They call it the squared circle. Yeah, I caught that. I caught that too. But it's a circle, circle. So he goes and he heads in the circle, circle. And this is what transpired. To get ready to go again soon. I mean, can I get a face off with Conor McGregor, man? That'd be legendary. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's a good dude. Oh, okay. I like this face Conor makes right here when he says it. Watch, watch Conor's face right here. I know people caught it. Watch his face. Look, I'm just, I mean, if you want it, you can get it. <laughs> And you know, oh, okay. you know the owner was <gasps> loving this. Oh my it god! It was just like, Perry, you just hit me a grand slam. You're getting a bonus. Well, you are getting you are a bonus. Definitely getting a bonus on the on the check. It's going to say marketing budget. Oh it. my goodness! <laughs> yeah. That's the best marketing they could have oh, got right there. 100. He admitted it after the fight at the press conference. The owner was like, "Listen, anytime Conor McGregor speaks." Everybody listens. So that was a viral moment for us. It went viral, and we can't buy that type of marketing. Like, he admitted to it. Because it's, it's true. Yes. Yeah, we got Conor McGregor stepping into our BKFC square circle. Yeah, square circle. It ain't no square circle. That's a, That's a circle circle. 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 <laughs> and Conor's wearing the BKFC belt on his shoulder. For those who haven't seen this, I'm just trying to paint the picture. He's wearing the BKFC belt on his shoulder. Imagine Dana watching this. We're going to get into that. He should have brought the UFC belt. If he was a friend to Dana, yeah. But he's not a UFC champion. But he's not a damn BKFC champion. So I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah, right now. I see (laughs) What did he say right there, E? I. I, I, I play it again because I don't know if he meant it as an insult or if he was talking about it. He, it sounded like he said it was a bit long and rangy. 
Well, here's what I don't so I understand. Know if he meant the fight was a bit long and rangy means you didn't want to come in, or if he was talking about Luke Rockhold was long and rangy, and that's the playback. Because I, I want to know if it was like a a jab, a little yeah, well, quirky jab, or just well. Here's the whole thing about it. the whole thing had me confused because he said he liked they the were going back and forth in a sense of it's like, are you guys being friendly? Are you guys trying to throw digs? You know, because they they go back and forth like almost like they want to fight, but then they're complimenting each other. So it was really strange. It gave me the impre- the, the same feel that I got from uh, from um, Moreno and Figgy when they had that face off when Figgy goes in like ready to do this like WWE and Moreno just and Moreno like- just shut it down and then Figgy was like, okay, we can be friends. Like I got the same sort of feel here. Like Connor didn't know what to do here because look at this. You're saying you wonder if it's a dig. Live look at this again. face that Connor makes here when he goes. That you see how he sco- you know how he goes like like that he means it in a bad way when you yeah, say that he, yeah he didn't say Luke Raw he said the fight was a he, it was a good fight but it was a bit long and rangy so that was a little dig but this is what when you call somebody in you you could totally like when he called him in that was like all respect this is great I want to come in but when you do a face off you 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 sort of gotta add some adversity to it even if it's all respect when you do the face-off because face-offs for fighting you gotta you know do you think that's the reason mike called him in was to sort of set up a fight with connor or do you think the reason mike called him in was he's a fan of connor because he said that would be legendary yeah so yeah i think it was all love and i think connor Connor came in when you get in he came in with some animosity connor nah i think it's all little bit it's all show it's all show Definitely all show. You think so? Damn, yeah. he's a good actor then. Because when he does that squint, that thing, he's like, yeah, mm. it was all right. Mm. Play the rest. It's, yeah. It's a bit longer right And you know, Cowboy took my arm mm. here in Denver. What I did to him? What I did to him? I know, you took him out. I don't like that Connor said that either. I don't like that Connor said that. Look what I did to him. Like, he, he's, that's like his biggest accomplishment. He's always posting videos of that on Twitter and bringing up that cowboy fight constantly. But, and Mike's trying to like be nice, and Connor's still all about himself. But he's such a narcissist. But Mike did bring up cowboy, so he did. But he why? Up first. Okay, what's that have to do with with Connor? What he did to cowboy it has nothing to do with it, though. Connor's saying that in a sense of, yeah. I'm better than you because look what I did yes, to Cowboy. Exactly. Cowboy hurt you, but look what I did to him. I'm better than you. Yeah, and Mike exactly. wasn't trying. Mike was giving him a compliment. Mike's complimenting him right now. Watch. Yeah, true. And you know, Cowboy took my arm mm. here in Denver. What I did to him? What I did to him? I know. You took him out. Mm. Quick. Mm. You taught me a good lesson. Mm. Yeah, fair play to me. Respect you. Thank you. See? So now when Mike says that, now Connor's like, because he, he sort of gives up. He realizes that there's this no. This is good nature. Yes. This is all good nature. Right. But you got to expect. Crossed wires there, right? Definitely. There must be some crossed wires. Uh, yeah. But you got to expect that if you call somebody in out of respect or not, you, you got to expect that, uh-oh, you're calling me in. I, I, I don't know. I gotta, okay. I'm a I can, fighter. I can see you that. You call me in to face off. And I'm a fighter. Maybe so Connor missed the legendary you. part too. You know, maybe he missed that. Maybe he just heard Mike Perry say, "Can I get a face off of Connor McGregor?" And he missed the that would be legendary because the that would be legendary says, "I mean, no uh, disrespect here. I'm a fan. Can we get him in here? Because I'm a fan." Maybe Connor missed that. 
Maybe, but it was almost like whenever, what was it? DC, uh, Brock Lesnar. Remember when they were going to fight and Brock Lesnar stepped in and DC thought like, all right, we're going to have a face off because DC like really wanted to fight him. But it's like, this is like fun. And then I didn't like what Lesnar did. Brock pushed him really hard. Hard, Really hard. He could have hurt DC. And then DC like smiled because DC's like, Oh, this is great. This is like pro wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. He, like, he this is it. pro wrestling. Like, he pushed me. This is very <laughs> pro wrestling. Like, this is great. I never get the pro wrestle script stuff. Yeah. Like, this was great. So he looked at it as like, no big deal. You know, and if they would have fight, DC would have murdered him quickly <laughs> and effortlessly. But he knew, like, oh, well, this is fun. He shoved me. Yeah. This is very pro wrestling. Like, true. I wish DC would have almost like, I could see it in his eyes. I wish he would have brought a chair up and smacked it over my head. That would have been a folded metal chair. DC would have loved that. Like he's a huge with a, WWE fan. Oh yeah, huge fan. If you would have hit him with a metal chair, he'd been in his glory. Play to me. Play to me. I'm and here you go connor puts the nail in the coffin this is when dana's head probably fucking exploded man you were front row i saw you shadow boxing i saw you into every one of these fights let the people know what you think about this bare knuckle fighting championship it's an incredible setup here incredible matchmaking incredible storytelling oh you had to come here i flew straight away i was not gonna miss this and it did not disappoint all these fighters that step in here Warriors and all have my respect and I'm into this game, yeah. I'll we'll be into this, yeah. Hey. Me and your man, no but we've already the belt. How am I how am I how am I at the showing up here already and I've already got the belt? Come get it, baby! Come get the strap, baby! Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know, man. Connor's a bit of a traitor. Dana can't be happy about that at all. He's not going to like him holding the belt. He's not going to like him promoting them. That is a, a little bit of a traitor move, in my opinion, because that brings a ton of legitimacy to the BKFC. A it, ton of legitimacy. It, it, it does. But then again... Dude, you don't see a problem with that? No, no, I, I do. But I think Uncle Dana by now realizes Connor, Connor is infectious and viral and controversial because this is the stuff he does. So you could say, why would you do this? Don't do this again. You held the belt and he could have his little sidebar with him. But the truth is, if Connor stops doing stuff like this, then Connor shrivels up and that shrivels things up for everybody in every way. It's almost like, you know, no such thing is 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 bad news bad, bad press pu- bad publicity yeah because it's all there that's that's connor so as much as dana might say mm, darn if he sits and thinks on that for a few minutes he's gonna say but then connor causes a splash there so now people when connor comes back to fight chandler soon maybe he'll bring the bkfc people because they already 
find him electrifying. This argument you're making right now reminds me of your argument of more saturation is better for business. When you told me if you have a gas station, we disagreed on this once. You said, if I own a gas station, a lot of people think that it's better to be the only gas station in town because you're going to get all the business. And you said, in fact, it would be better to have three, four gas stations in the town because now people have more gas stations and it brings more people. And I disagreed with you. I said, it's a terrible idea. Well, no, no, no. It was more... Okay, not that there's no gas stations anywhere. We're talking there are gas stations, just one set up, and, and maybe not one very close. And then you set another one across the street. So now more people... How can that be good for business? If you have a gas station directly across the street, competition directly across the street, it's one of the worst things that could ever happen to you. The worst. I have a friend that's going through it right now that has an eyelash salon. Mm-hmm. She does lashes and stuff. Yeah. And one just opened up right across the street from her and is taking all her business. Well, then hopefully you do a better job. So people go there and then end up, they go there because it's new, but then they realize, oh, sure. they do a better job. So over time. But it's still an issue she has to deal with now. Well, where if it wasn't across the street, she wouldn't have to deal with it at all. She'd be the only game in town. But it might get her more business over time because now it's, oh, there's one. Oh, there's one there, and they didn't do this, and I talked to somebody. You went to this one. I went to that one. Oh, yours is better. Oh, I'm going to switch. Meanwhile, the gas station thing is, hey, I get 200 cars at my gas station a day because I'm a little bit out of the way uh, because some people go, they don't travel this on this road route enough. I get some traffic, and they go to some other gas station, or they plan ahead. Well, now there's one on the other side. So now if you're coming or going, people don't worry about that. So now they're in my neck of the woods because they know they could get on either side. So now that person, they get traffic too. But now I went from like 200 cars a day to 300. You, really think, that, you really think that the traffic would increase because there's another gas station across the road? You don't think the cra- the traffic would stay the same? It depends on the area. But I know this Whoever, to be, no, no, I know Who's this to be ever true. said No, this is There's a new gas station that opened up in that part of town that's 8 miles away. Let me go to that one because it's new even though there's one right across the street from it. No, here okay, here's my point. Okay. I, I, maybe I'll make it clear here. All right. There's a restaurant. It sits somewhere in a city. Not a not a mega a mega metropolis city, but not some podunk country. So a middle of the road. Okay. So we have we have a restaurant, and it's a pretty good restaurant. Mm-hmm. They get some people, word of mouth, people go there. Okay, now, all of a sudden, there's a plaza that moves in, and now they're starting to develop this area. Now there's like eight restaurants that they put right there. So this is all direct competition, right? You had your restaurant... Now they just added over the next couple of years. Now there's eight. And now you would say, shit, I got to split my profits, my intake, my A restaurant people. could, yeah, a restaurant's totally different. That would be. But now all of a sudden you have a food district, if you will. So now people yeah, are going to come there because yeah. you have options and you have choices. So now your business will increase even though you're a food place like the other seven that were just added. But now there's more there that if you want to be picky, you want to do this. That's the point with the gas station. You're here. Well, I don't travel. I have to cross the street to go to yours. And that's it's a hectic, mm-hmm. you know, but now one open here. So now you get more people. Oh, I'll go there because there's one on the right side of the road. But now all of a sudden you lower your price. 
Well, I come to this one all the time, and right across the street, there's four cents cheaper. So maybe I will cross the street now, where normally I didn't want to deal with it. Now I will. Or you serve a certain candy bar. I like Twix. They don't have the Twix here. You serve this energy drink, like Get Go and uh, Sheets. They serve different types of energy drinks. They don't. Ha- they don't. They overlap a little bit, mm-hmm. but they don't overlap a lot. Now all of a sudden, it's well, I'll go here. Well, you know what? They have this, so I'm going to go here. So it's those little nuances. That's why your business will increase, even though you're having direct competition there. Okay, look at you, you does, business major. Does that make? I still I don't. I'm still, I still don't. I I'm not. I'm not sure. I agree. That own gas stations. Really? Yeah. If you look it up, you'll find this stuff. That they like, like is, it if a new gas station opens up near them. Yeah. This they've what their I business said, increased. Yeah. What I said, I didn't make this up. Like this didn't come from me. Okay. This I heard this like twenty some years ago. Okay. From people that had gas stations, they're like, "This is how this is how our business increased." So, okay. Then so there was a little if more. You heard options, it directly. So yeah. For, uh, you know, right from the horse's mouth. Yeah. Then okay. So yes, I'm not that I ridiculous. Believe. No, I mean, if not, if you heard it directly from that niche, the owners of that niche, then I mean, I never owned a gas station. I just always knew that direct competition isn't, you know, it isn't great. I've seen a lot of businesses get crushed because the same type of business opened up across the street. So, but who's be- like, you know what? We, I'm not saying you can't win that war, but it starts a war. The battle has begun and now you got to worry about it. Well, now you got to spend more money on marketing. Now maybe you got to remodel. Now you got to update because you're a 30 year old business. They're brand new. Everybody wants to go to the new shiny thing. So now you got to up true. your game and now you got to spend money to remodel the place. So, or figure out what you can different. win the battle. I'm not saying you can't win the battle. And sometimes people, now that there's the new one, that gets the new shiny, right? You just mentioned it. Mm-hmm. But now you have these old school people in the neighborhood. Oh my goodness, that has new, that has all these machines. You could order food on a monitor there. No, I'm going to go to the old one that's simple. So now all of a sudden it's, hey, old people go to this one. Young people go to this one. So now all of a sudden you're getting even more people because now it's a, I'm definitely going to go across. And like everything in business, I'm sure it's different depending on what type of industry it is, what type of niche it is. Everything is always different depending on that. That's why restaurants right away, that made me think for a second because I was like, well, if I'm a restaurant and people sort of don't know I exist, but I'm a really good restaurant and this new one opens up, you know, across the street, like a franchise or something that's not great, but people want to go try it out. They go there and right across the street, they're like, oh, what's that place? I never never heard of Slip the Jab restaurant. Maybe we should try that too sometime. Everything there's great. Now all that, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Uh, Our restaurant would be like Damon's back in the day. Remember Damon's? Yeah, that would be our place. Yeah, our spot would be like that. A hundred percent with you. But it, 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 hey, look at us. We jumped in a a a deep some deep waters in the podcast field in combat sports, and guess what? We're doing pretty good. Yeah, we carved out our own little section. Yeah. We definitely carved out our own little section. We just saw all the competition when we looked, and we looked at all their logos, and we said, "Uh, you know what? I think we could do better with both. I'll tell you what happens, though, with podcasting and radio. When I found JRE, I didn't have time to listen to anything else anymore. I used to listen to... You know what happened when I found JRE? I canceled my Howard Stern subscription. See? Because I was like, I don't have time to listen to both. And I'm picking this one because it's better. And it's, you know, let's be honest, that's why I'm with us. 
Everybody was like, I only have time to listen to one MMA it's podcast. I'm going to listen to Slip the Jab because the quality is better. Just like your eyelash friend. Uh, hopefully their eyelashes are better because if it's not, then yes, competition is bad. Then you got to up your game. If you're yeah. good at it, then they'll realize rest are second strings. And what was that business segment called? That was called Mad Knowledge with Ian Ebbett. Mad Knowledge with Ian Ebbett. I like it. Okay, so uh, the last thing we should bring up uh, with that BKFC fight is uh, because of the face... What? The last... Oh, with that fight. Okay. Yeah, with that fight is, um, you know, because you had Mike Perry and Connor facing off, now people are actually starting to talk about what would happen if they actually do face off because Connor came out and said, I can make 185. I'm good. If he wants to do this, we can do this. And Mike Perry obliged and said, yeah, I would love to fight Connor too in a bare knuckle fight. So and Mike, well, let's be honest, Mike, Mike Perry is a, a welterweight in a welterweight frame. So he could easily go back to 170. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, definitely I mean, could. That's what he fought before. So that would be the smart move if those two were ever to match up in the BKFC at, would be at 170. How do you see that going, E? Connor versus Mike Perry, BKFC. Connor. Yeah. That, that quickly, huh? Oh, yeah. Why you say that? Just he's a better striker, better boxing. Yeah, to be honest, I I wasn't impressed with Luke or Mike Perry's performance. Yeah. They both pushed their punches. They were a little sluggish. They got a little wild. Did you notice uh, when it, it was, comes to bare-knuckle fighting, they get even when you get professional boxers in there who've been boxing their whole entire life, something happens and they lose their fundamentals. Did you ever notice that? The jab changes. Their technique totally changes because it becomes bare knuckle. Something must be going on in there. I, I think there's uh, there's a certain level of fear factor. That's what I think it is. And yeah. like injury. When you get tagged once and you start to bleed or swell up, there's there's a new sense of urgency. When there's a sense of urgency, which sort of, falls under the fear category maybe it's not fear like i use the word fear but it's not i'm afraid of you and i'm afraid of fighting you that's not the fear i'm talking about it's the fear of uh-oh how long should i keep this going uh-oh he hits hard if i if he catches me with a good one i, I could be finished here i better i better rush this and now you lose your pace you lose your technique because now you're worried about a few other things just like when you get cut you get cut it's uh-oh I, my game plan now changes. I have to adapt quickly because now I know the ref might stop this soon. Meanwhile, I'm not afraid of this opponent, and I think I could beat them. That's not the issue. But now that they got a good shot in, kudos them. I'm bleeding. Now I'm against the clock, the referee clock. The blood starts pouring. The cut gets a little bigger. They're going to stop this fight, and I know I'm better than this cat, and I could take him out. But I was planning on this was my strategy and this was the game plan. Take them in the deep waters or, you know, bump up my stamina versus theirs the, the later the fight goes. Now things change. And that sometimes has a little fear of panic, game change. How do I do this strategy? So I think that's where it is. And where I when I watch the the smaller bare knuckle outfits out of England, those cats still do some nice boxing. Because there's some of the veterans there that that's like, you know, they sort of did boxing training, but fought in bare knuckle. So we train boxing, but we fight bare knuckle. Not we went from boxing to this. So it was this hybrid. 
those people don't lose their form. Those English folks. They know what they're doing. Yeah, you see them in there, and they are still nice form and tagging each other, and then they're pouring blood, and they're not phased. So it, it, but again, like Mike Perry said, which I 100% believe it's an experience factor. Luke Rockhold, and he, Luke Rockhold acknowledged it with what he said afterwards, like the gloves and this, that. It's a different sport. It is a completely different mm. sport. Mike Perry's learning this because he's had a few now. But when you think he's of comfortable, he's more comfortable. Yeah, and, and he'll only get better because he'll get more comfortable. Because we, like I said, I saw him rush in, push some punches. His footwork wasn't that no, great. No, it wasn't good. It, it wasn't good boxing. I so, agree with you. Yeah. He's tough, though. He's uh, tough. He's tough and gritty. He's tough and gritty. And now, as he said, like, when I get hit, I get mad. And then you don't want that because then you (laughs) get the tough, gritty me. But when that tough, gritty meets somebody else who's equally tough, gritty, but keeps their composure, then that's where Mike's going to come up short. And I don't know the BKFC because it's it's not getting veteran bare knuckle fighters in it as much like the, the lower level platforms of bare knuckle fighting some of those people have only done bare knuckle that's the only combat sport they've done mm-hmm. so as they progress they're real comfortable and their skill set's going the people coming over to bkfc to be honest they're what they're boxers they're mma people they you know they might be some street fighters which good in the aspect of you know what you're getting you're not afraid to bleed lose teeth and do that but do you have the technical ability so that's why mm-hmm. it's nice to have somebody with both. It's fun to talk about this, but let's be honest. Connor ain't never going to fight in the BKFC. He doesn't need to. The type of money they would need to come up with would have to be around 100 mil probably to get him in there. I'm not sure that they could weather that. And Connor is just not going to do it. He would do boxing before that. Like he would have another boxing match. Especially, He's not going to ever be in the BKFC. And the other thing that I think will keep him out is if he plans on doing more movie television roles i think that's i think that will happen 100 percent. i think that's in the back of his head because that's what a lot of people fighters do Mm -hmm. they transition into to acting so i think he has that in his head that well if i do this i think i could do good what people and probably get the belt but i'm gonna have damage on the way and does this make me less pretty, and then less marketable mm. for my potential later My post. Botox is finally starting to go down. Do I really want to change my <laughs> face again? <laughs> He's finally starting to look normal again. And you know what I think I realized? What? When you mentioned they did something to his face, this was... He did something to his face. He did something to his face, and I couldn't figure out what. Remember we talked about it? Yeah. And we couldn't pinpoint... You said he just gained... It looked like maybe he just gained yeah, weight, like, and I he said he got weight, some sort of plastic surgery some, or Botox. Well, I started looking more. I believe he had, whether it was Botox or other, but the he used to have really big bags under his eyes. Hmm. That has dissipated. Okay, then Botox. He definitely probably... I think it's Botox. That's that's, what I think happened, and that's what Ashley confirmed for me. She knows how, like, Botox sort of... What it does and what it pulls back, and she's, like, really good at pinpointing it on somebody and knowing right away if they had it. Because I'm usually... She said that that you don't, like, right here, if if someone's forehead is pulled back and they don't have... uh, The wrinkles. The wrinkles that you can... Yeah. Raising your eyebrows. And Connor always had wrinkles. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly these wrinkles went away. 
Yeah, his the bags under his eyes are were pretty prominent before. Yeah, so the Botox is finally starting to go away. Um, Ian, before we get off BKFC, it looked like you were going to jump across the table if the I moved on event. without bringing up the real main event. So go ahead, tell everybody what you want to talk about. The oh real my main goodness, event. which the, one was it? Oh, the Eddie Alvarez, Chad Mendez. Those two kept decent form mostly throughout their fight. That should have been the main event. That should have been the main event. Which we said last week. Yes. I mean, they delivered. They brought it. They had good form. They weren't afraid. They were slugging it out. They did the post-fight interview together side by side. That was really awesome. They really like each other. Yeah, that was was the main event. That was the fun. Now, what did I hear? One of them said that this is it. I'm retired now? Chad Mendez is Chad Mendez is retired, huh? Eddie's not. Well, I'm really happy then that uh, Eddie's gonna fight again yeah I, i'm excited to see him fight again and guess who he wants to fight i heard nate diaz is that true no oh that was the headline i wrote i wrote or i wrote i read he said he wanted to fight nate diaz who did you oh, hear I'm, I'm sure that might be somewhere on his list but he said that he was brought into this and supposed to fight mike perry okay so he was talking hmm. like that that might be a thing that might because that was supposed to be, be big a thing. enough well, Mike Perry sort of chuckled at that idea. What did he say? Uh, I can't remember what like he said. Like anytime my boy talks. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what he said, but basically indicating like you're small and I'm not. <laughs> but I don't know. You know what? I don't really. I mean, Eddie's got. He gave him the Jorge Masvidal to yes, Connor yes. line. You know what I'll do to that midget? I'll fuck him up. <laughs> <laughs> he called him a midget. <laughs> but I don't know. Eddie's tough. He don't want that shit. He ain't retarded. <laughs> it was the fun. That was, I could I watch it every up. single time. And I know you said that you uh, you want to take some time off heel and such, but you also said that you want the big money fights and such. Conor McGregor said that he is going to come back January 18th. And Dana come, White said... Come back to what? To MMA, to the UFC. What do you mean, like fighting in the cage? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. That dude's been talking wild for a what second. <laughs> if he fights and gets a victory, and he wants this... And some of you motherfuckers are mean, man, because you know what the fuck I'll do to that little dude, bro. I'll fuck that little guy up, man. He's a fucking midget. Dana White, president of this motherfucking company, said I'm too much man, man for him. him. I get it why people want to see him hurt for the stunts he's been pulling. <laughs> but he don't want this shit. He's just talking so he can get his name out there. He was he was cheering for Nate. He wanted to run it back with Nate. You think he's at home seeing that fight saying, I want to fight that dude? That dude ain't retarded. <laughs> You see, he punches old people in the face because those are fights that he could win. Oh, he don't want that, that shit. <laughs> oh, fuck that little dude up. All right, well, let's move it along. Let's get to the UFC Vegas 72 recap. Last week in the main event, we had Yadong Song defeating Ricky Simone. I used to call him Ricky Simon all the time. Via TKO at 1 minute 10 seconds of round 5. What would you think about the fighty? I it did not go the way I thought it was. I thought um, the nickname. Oh, people missed it last week. I gave him a nickname. Ricky Simone doesn't have a nickname. I gave him a nickname. High pressure, Ricky. High pressure, Simone. And that's what I thought would be the advantage here. And I have to say, the fight. Now the fight itself, you could say you watched it in eh. It was all right. That's how till, I till, felt. Till the end. Yeah, that's how I felt It was all right it. till the finish. But what I appreciated about the fight, I'll use the word appreciated, Song 
shut down that forward pressure. He shut it down, which people were thinking, well... hits hard. Well, yeah. hits so hard, dude. And I don't think... I think his... Short, stocky. His speed. His speed. His speed, I, I think, just keeps getting better and better. And not only does his speed just keep getting... We all knew he had power, right? We all knew that. So that's not a surprise. The speed that just keeps improving and the fact that he knows it. He knows, not only do I hit hard, but I'm fast enough to tag that target. And then he clearly worked on that takedown defense at a pretty high level, I'm guessing for this camp or in general. But that was spectacular. The fact that when you have somebody like Simone that could come in and get you know most people, and he just easily was able to, at the blink of an eye, shut that down. Mm-hmm. And then shut that down and quickly let Ricky know, you can't come in here. This door is not open because I-, I will tag you pretty hard. And now all of a sudden, I have fast reflexes, I have fast hands, and I have this power that just immediately altered the rest of Ricky's performance. He did a lot of circling. He, you got to give it to Ricky. He's tough. Poor get. Oh, he's tough. He's I mean, tough. He got crushed a few times at lesser fighters, which when I say lesser, I mean most other people in that division would have been sat down and not caught back up. So He took that low blow. like a, That low blow, I'm going to say right now, <laughs> if I didn't know better, I mean, that was the most perfectly placed low blow I ever seen. It was almost, if you didn't know better, you would have th- thought it was intentional. That's how perfectly placed it was. And yeah, I, I don't think it was, like you said, I don't think it was intentional. No, but but <laughs> it's funny. We don't maybe I've seen some retaliation groin strikes before in the UFC. I've seen him MMA. in boxing a lot. I've never seen him in the in the UFC that I can remember of, but I see him in boxing a lot. And and it's a good it's a it's a dirty illegal tactic. But when you're out of options, some of these things, if you need a break or a wind or you need to take the, the wind out of somebody else, you throw like a groin strike. You're supposed to do it when the ref's on the backside of your opponent so he can't tell if it was a legit uppercut on the short line or if it was the cup. That's when you should throw it. I'm not telling you to throw it because it's dirty and illegal. But if you're going to do it because you're losing and you're gasping for air and... You need them to kind of gasp for air and take the wind out of them and slow them down. That's kind of how you do it. But you remember Andrew Galata? I mean, vaguely. Andrew Galata was the king. He got disqualified. Oh, now I like remember. yes, eighty times. Yeah. for being a dirty fighter. That's right. He and always low-blown. did that. Now always. I yeah. He always did that. He. Uh, and he, it was so I think blatant. it was the. It wasn't. He didn't hide it. It was just no, like he, I'm he, just gonna do this. Talking about mental disorders, something was wrong with that dude because in one of the fights he just he pulled a no moss and just like quit. In another one he got jumped. I think it might have been the Riddick Bow fight where Riddick Bow's corner jumped in and started beating the shit out of Andrew Galata. If you guys never seen that fight, <laughs> go back and check it out. Just uh, was put that- in a YouTube search Riddick Bow versus Andrew Galata and you'll see. I think that's the one where they jump him in the ring. Was that the one where he hit him with a low blow? It got like halt, warned, and five seconds later he went and hit him in a low blow right after, like immediately after that. Was it that one? I think so. Here, you want to? That was see. that was amazing. Like you just, you just did that. 
And now... Ian, that was another thing we lost from last week that was really cool. We watched the... The oh. Arturo Gotti, Mickey Ward, round nine of the first fight. Oh. Ian and I did a fight companion to the whole round. We just wanted to put it on for a split second. We were talking about, uh, who was it? The liver shot. Yeah, we were talking who, about Who got hit with the liver shot? We were recapping a fight, talking about a liver shot. Somebody Ryan Garcia. Said the, Ryan Garcia. Against, for against Tank. We were saying how the you were upset that people were jumping on Go Twitter. Figure. and <laughs> <laughs> so What's new? You had a lot of fire in your belly last week, my man. I did. And you were saying how the people, well, he just quit, he just did that. People so we, were saying that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, not you. And we went into a pretty elaborate explanation in other fights and what it does to the body and, you know, the fact that I think what throws people off, one, if they've never experienced being hit in the liver in any way, shape, or form, they don't really understand how it affects the human body and the fact that tank through it um, the angle they got him at, he threw almost like a quick, it was more of a shovel punch, but it was almost straight. So, And then it hit and kind of glanced off, but it was a clean shot. And then the other piece to that was Ryan Garcia backs up, delayed reaction, which is typical. And then he goes down on one knee, and he didn't make a face. Some people, which based on in the studio, when you look at the picture we have here of who? Boy, Arturo Gotti. We got Arturo Gotti. Black and white, too. I made it black and white because it looks cooler. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the black and white, and he's clearly wincing in miserable pain. In misery. In misery. Which is typically what happens. But Ryan Garcia, he had a straight poker face. So people thought, oh, and then he gets to go back up, and he went down again. Oh, he was fine. Look, if he was in pain, he would have made a face. No, he tried to stand back up. He couldn't. He had a good poker face, you know, but yeah. I know you guys didn't get to listen to that fight companion with us, but please, please go back, go on YouTube, and look up Arturo Gotti, Mickey Ward, round nine. Watch the entire round, but I want everybody to watch when Arturo Gotti gets hit with the liver shot and takes the knee, and you're going to see why that dude is a beast because nobody thought that Arturo Gotti was going to get up from that. They said, it's over. There's no way that he's going to get up from that. And um, next thing you know, we got the best round that ever was in boxing. So go back and check that out. Um, you and I, let's check this out. I found the Riddick Bow versus Andrew Galata riot. So it was that fight. So he hits him with the low blow right there. And he's disqualified. Galotta is disqualified and Bo okay. flat on his back so, won the fight. So, so just to bring everybody up to speed, he didn't just hit him with one low blow and he got disqualified. He already did multiple things yeah. leading up to this. Okay. I haven't seen this fight in so long. Maybe since it happened, I think. So he hits him with the low blow, gets the disqualification. Next thing you know, all Riddick Bowe's camp, they jump over the ropes and they jump him. Qualified and Bowe, flat on his back, has won the fight. Andrew Galotta is disqualified. Now there's a brawl going on in the ring. Somebody's trying to attack Galotta. Goodness me. We have all sorts going on about there was some idiot there trying to attack Galotta. People trying to jump in the ring, the security men. They still this is something on. you'll never see in the UFC because the and cage is locked. Getting very nasty. Some other people trying to join in. Well, I, I mean, we did see it with Conor McGregor and Habib's team when they jumped over the fence. Uh, well, yeah, but but Ian, there's... 
oh, 100 people more. in there? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You might get a couple people to get in there, but you're never going to see. That. Look at that. There's so many people in there, can't they see. can't squeeze any more. Yeah, you you couldn't squeeze more floor. people in there. So uh, this is pretty much it. It just yeah. this, this riot goes on for a long time. The, the big mistake was the first guy, he went and just pushed him in the back, and then he got clocked. Mm. So if you're going to... If you're gonna do something to a pro heavyweight beast, um, I don't know. Take a chair, a pipe, I don't know, a tire iron. Don't just push him because he turns around, he's gonna knock your head off. Mm-hmm. Or at least you gotta expect a duck. If you push him in the back and he turns around, duck. Who was uh? What was the fight? I wonder if you remember this. There was a fight where it was in an arena with uh, an open ceiling and some dude parachuted oh, into was, uh, the ring. Do you remember that they beat the shit out of him? That was a Tyson fight, right? Was that a Mike Tyson fight? Let's see. Boxing parachute. That was crazy. Landed right on the corner post. <laughs> and they beat the hell out of that poor guy. And I remember my dad. It was Riddick Bowe versus Evander Holyfield. What's oh, the odds of that? That two Riddick Bowe fights? Okay. I thought that was Tyson. Let's see. That was crazy. This was a good fight. Holyfield was a beast. He's very underrated. Heck yeah, he is. There's Mills Lane. Let's get it on. He's the best. And a parachute has just landed on the edge of the ring. Has been pulled away by security. See how they're beating the shit out of him when he's in the crowd? I remember my dad, when I was watching this, was so upset. He was like... What do you got to beat him up for? And like, he's why would you in. Have to he's locked into the seat. And he has on, like, the what is that? Some sort of propeller that's on his back. I forgot about that. It's yeah. almost like what you see when you go in the alligator swamps and it's on the back of the boat. What is that thing? The good old hovercraft. Yeah, it's like a hover. He has, like, a hovercraft attached to his back. Got a sw- <laughs> I got a swamp boat on a parachute. Yeah, but... um, They have this so you could literally fly and direct where you're going. This thing? Yeah. Oh, so this isn't the first time you've seen that thing. Oh, no. You, yeah. They still have this They're thing? They're real. Yeah. That's crazy. But yeah, that's another moment in boxing history that I always remember. I remember the Andrew Galata thing. I remember this. Obviously, you remember the Mike Tyson Holyfield ear thing. Now, look, we were just talking about Riddick Bow being in two big incidences. Then you got Holyfield that was in two big incidences. He was in this one with the parachute man and getting his ear bit off. Like... You know, he's in two moments in history. And That's he pretty crazy. forgave Mike Tyson for and biting. And he did. He did. I bought you a year back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Mike Tyson should have never, ever been allowed to fight sanctioned oh, boxing. Oh, stop again. it. I mean, it's hey, good for boxing. I, I like Mike Tyson, heck of a fighter, but when he, he got the lifetime ban and then they lifted it. It's good they did. It was good for boxing. But they should have never lifted it. Let's nah, be honest. it's fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm done talking to you. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, fine. Um, well, listen, um, for the Yudong song, I'm just going to end by saying that uh, I, I just I want to see the Cheeto rematch. That's it. Ian said yeah. everything perfectly. I don't have anything to add. I would like to see the Cheeto rematch, though. Make yeah, that happen. That Ian, would be fun. By the way, something just popped into my head. We were talking about niches that yeah. uh, do good or don't do good with competition. Okay. I'm going to throw one at you. That for a fact, I can tell you, does not do good when somebody moves in on your territory and creates competition. What? what? Drug dealing. Mm, good. Good. <laughs> good. 
Good point. <laughs> I'm trying to think if that business model applies. And uh, no drug dealer in the history of drug dealing has ever said, "Hey, I like it whenever another crack dealer moves in across the street." <laughs> wait, wait, wait! I like it when somebody else starts selling horse across wait. the street. <laughs> I, I might have an exception to drug dealing. Yes, dispensaries. Now listen, it's legal though. You can't use that. No, no. Okay, I'm talking illegal. Okay, hit me with it. Okay, what if there's a dealer? You are dealing the hard stuff, right? You you have your business. You're dealing the hard stuff. Then heroin, uh, that maybe some coke, a little bit of coke and heroin. Uh, yeah, some of the harder ones. I consider that that is the hard stuff. Doesn't get any harder. Yes, but somebody comes on the block and they're just kind of selling a weedy weed and a couple shrooms. <laughs> weedy weed. So they're now, lightweights. Now, if they sell that as the person Ooh, selling the harder stuff, you're like, I see where you're going. Yeah, <laughs> see where my you're going man, with this. you real men with your gateway stuff, and then they'll be crossing the street in man, like a month. It's like so, whenever you got. It's like when I go to the liquor store. Okay, but there's the beer distributor right across the street. They're two different things. They don't sell the same items, but I'm like, you know, I'm sure the beer distributor is happy that you got the liquor store across. I like where your head's there at. There you go. I like <laughs> <where your head laughs> at. See, I'm all about business. <laughs> you are all about business. <laughs> and by the way, that is another thing. Now it just popped in my head that we lost last week that I'm really upset about was the fentanyl conversation. Oh. Whenever, uh, what's his face? Um, uh, it finally came out, the autopsy report, and we found out that he died. Bonner. Stephen Bonner Stephen died Bonner. from fentanyl. And we had this big fentanyl discussion, debate, whatever have you. And I was saying, once again, going off because I was in a bad mood. And I was I was saying, I don't understand why the drug dealers are putting fentanyl in everything. Because if I was a drug addict, who told you to mix my drug with fentanyl? Like if I'm a cokehead and I want the effects of cocaine, which is supposed to be like an upper, right? Why are you putting fentanyl in my cocaine? I don't want fentanyl. If I want fentanyl, I'll go get fentanyl. You know, well, if I, I want heroin, was... I want straight heroin. If I want the, uh, they said that they're mixing like every single thing now with fentanyl. Why? Why are you mixing with fentanyl? Yeah, that's where we kind of, part of it was it, the, the, this is all unfortunate stuff, but the fentanyl and heroin sort of go together. Like you're, you're having one, you're having the other, you're mixing those. But when we were looking at what some statistics of it was them putting fentanyl in all kind of other drugs and they're they were having a lot of deaths that way it's again like if like you're, i heard they're putting it in like if you're mixing street that adderall if you're mixing this anax and i just don't understand it and if we were tell, trying to figure it out i mean you have to i mean if you're gonna do this again you you as a you know all this is bad so i wish they would all be at the bottom of the ocean but so with that being said, yeah, we were saying that you should get a different sentence if you get caught dealing fentanyl. It fentanyl should be a heroin. different sentence than dealing cocaine or de- although if you are dealing cocaine and it's uh, laced with fentanyl, then you should get the fentanyl sentence. Yeah, if you do uh, the whole point I was trying to make was fentanyl and heroin like you, you know, no matter how intelligent or unintelligent you are, if, if you're selling this. You do know that 
heroin and fentanyl are like a one-way street and it's it's your life and everybody around you's lives are going to be ruined and you're most likely the probability of death is there like you're i read statistics last week 90 percent of narcotic addicts they relapse they said only 10 percent ever make it to get clean again that's crazy. So, and you and isn't that crazy? It means you touch that shit, you're pretty much done. It's, and without people knowing that stat, which it makes sense, you still see it, and you know that this is a death sentence. So, what you're selling is a a death sentence. You're not saying, "Well, I'm going to sell a little coke and ecstasy." I'm not saying these are good and you should do those, but you could make the conscious, um, conscience, uh, perspective that. I'm just selling something that people want to use and party with and have fun with. It's a recreational drug, and that's I want people to go have fun, buy more product, get hooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or work. But a lot of people on Wall Street used to use it. Yeah, stay up and work <laughs> and be at a high performing level for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. But if you're selling the heroin and the fentanyl, it's you know that you're a you're killing somebody. You're yeah. going to kill somebody. You already know that on a, on a level when when you realistically ask yeah. somebody. Like, what's the probability that they're going to live more than, like, three years after this? Uh, probably not good. It's so, so dirty, you're, dude. you're a different kind of person to me. Yeah. So you should have a different sentence. One is, well, I'm selling ecstasy, and it's just I want them to have an enhanced party or relationship or whatever it is. Blah, blah, blah. Yes, it's illegal and it's not great for you, but I don't mean to do somebody harm. You're selling the other ones. You know damn well you're harming somebody to the point of death. You know that. It's a you point of no that. return. It is. You're giving them something with a point of no return. Yeah, it's 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 dirty, dude. You're a devil. I, I could yeah. never do that to somebody. Never, ever, ever. There's not enough money you can pay me. You can give me Scarface's house. You can give me all the money in the world. I couldn't do that. I could, could never do that to somebody. Yeah, those Give people, them something that I know is going to destroy their life. I'm giving you something that I know is about to not only destroy your life, it's going to destroy your life, it's going to destroy your family's life, it's going to affect your kids if you have them, it's going to affect your parents. Yeah. And then it all rolls into each other. Let's say you have like a mother who's addicted to fentanyl or heroin, and then she has a kid. Now her kid grows up without a mother or something now she's messed up so now she treats her kids and it's like this ongoing pattern and in utero addiction too if you're doing it while you're pregnant yes that shit right there those people right there should they should go to prison for the rest of their lives too if somebody who's pregnant and takes fentanyl or heroin or drugs of any sort actually while they're pregnant those people right there should go to jail forever but the downfall is no sympathy for them but the downfall is if you're already hooked kill yourself Kill yourself before you do that to your child. Have some pride and fucking take your own life before you go and put that shit in your body while you have a child in your stomach. Have some sort of pride. Have some sort of heart. That's so cruel. That is so cruel. I I agree. Chances are that person is very much not thinking straight once you're on those things. Logic is... Well, uh, you stuck up for the morbidly obese. So logic. Why would I think you'd do no, different I'm, now? No, 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 I'm not... <laughs> Ian's a liberal. I <laughs> get the hell out of here. Oh my goodness. Ian feels bad for everybody. No, I'm just saying you're not going to make any rational decisions on that stuff. 
So you thinking, all right, if I have a kid, they'll grow up. That'll be terrible. They'll be addicted to this. So I should either quit or I should kill myself. All right, let me think which one will work. All right, all right. I tried to quit. That failed. All right. I don't know. So I, quit I always watch the like, in, intervention and the people rational. are like, I watch intervention and the people are like, I do drugs because I don't get to see my kids. You don't get to see your kids because you do drugs. <laughs> like me, if I really loved my kids... I'm not going to pick a drug over my kid. If I, I'm saying if I love them that much, just come out and say, I love the drug more than I love my kids. Be honest with yourself. Oh, that, well, tell that, the truth. Here's the sad part. When you're hooked on those drugs specifically, that is 100% how you feel. So imagine how powerful a drug is that you can take the most important love that there is mm. And pick something over it. A love that, a, a love for like your kid. There's nothing stronger. Nothing. It everything else pales in comparison, and you can make that completely known. So for you to pick one over the other, that says how it chemically affects your body. Mm. And I mean, and I'm saying this because I've seen it and heard it. I've seen it and heard it from my own brother. Told me that, like. Like, how could you do this? Like, you know, because he 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 said you said that to Eric. You said, how could you do this? Or no, he said that he actually said it to my father. Like, he's like, what are you doing? Like, you have a, a little girl who he took everywhere was like his best friend mm-hmm. on the planet. Yeah, like instantly, you're born. Like, every, nothing in his life like mattered. Then all of a sudden, the drugs. He's like, well, wait a minute, you're gonna you're going to put this in harm's way or you're going to leave your kid and go get drugs and do this and blah, blah, all these things. And then he said, point blank, when there's drugs, nothing else in the entire world matters. Now, and, was that because he was so terrified of the withdrawal or was it because no, he enjoyed the high so much? I, it was a... Because I feel for people it, that it was, are terrified of the withdrawal, but now they have no, no. places for that. I think I have, I think they have stuff that they can that, that do wa- for you now, so you don't go through the withdrawal. No, that wasn't it. Because he's gone through that a few times, so that wasn't it for him. He's he's done that. He's got clean to to the effect of having it out of system. Okay. So, but the drug, the chemical effect it has on your brain, is that strong that he can look at the love of a child. That he, that, I mean, I could, some people you could say, well, they never cared for their child or they were never a good parent, even when they were sober or whatnot. There's some people that just aren't good parents or don't have a connection to their kid. There are some of those. I could tell you that wasn't my brother because I've seen it in action. Mm -hmm. That was, there was nothing close to her. Mm -hmm. So the highest pinnacle by a, a million miles. And then all of a sudden to say, when the, when the when the heroines evolved, nothing else matters. And he said, even your daughter, like even this person, and like he was almost like breaking down because mm-hmm. he knew it was true. like. And was it because he enjoyed the high? That's what I'm saying. Is that yeah? Is that was that it? I mean, it just it was like the fixer of life. It was the mm. fixer. It was the fixer. He's he was stuck in this like. And the pattern that, of and he, he said probably it, felt he so it. guilty oh. of how he was treating his daughter, so he took the heroin to make him, you know, make him forget and feel less guilty. But then the high goes away, the guilt comes back. It's like a vicious cycle. Like he knew how bad this is, and 
logically like, hey, I should quit doing this. I should do this. I should do this. This is horrible. I have a daughter to care for. She means more than me than anything. So he could have that conversation. And if you get that ringing on your phone from that number, everything goes out the window. All your logic, all your thought about that that you just had. Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. This is my dream. She is my all, my everything, my kid. I'll do anything. And then that phone rings and you see that number. And then all of a sudden it's, okay, see ya. I'm going to do it. And there's nothing you could do about it. Not even like, hey, you're just going to, what about what you just said in two minutes ago? There's nothing. Like walk right out the door. That's how it messes the chemistry in your brain up. That's how powerful it is. And that's what, that's why the statistics are what they are. Did he ever consider just like moving away so like drug dealers couldn't get to him or his connect couldn't get to him? Oh, I told you, he would... He would get a new phone and change his number all the time. There's still oh, like bags. there's still like a that's connection. A devil right there, dude. They're like you know somebody's trying to get clean. Or you like rope them back in. Or at times it's you get all that, but then you change the your urge. Mind, you call them. The urge is you, you go find it. You don't know their number anymore. You don't know their name. That's what I mean. Like moving away. If he moved away then, to a completely different place or something. And the sad part is, maybe, it's strong enough to have you. Drive from like California to Florida to go get it. Like I don't, I don't remember the name and I don't know the phone number, but I know where I picked it up at. Jeez! But you moved away. You moved to like three thousand miles away. Well, you know what? Road trip. I'm gonna make a road trip right now with no money. Then do whatever I do with anything I had to do to get money and get mm-hmm. that. That's how powerful. Which is to be honest, for me, when he said that, you know, I was a. My family, especially, was a tough love family. We're like a, that's how we were raised, that's how we are. And then that, to me, even for my for my dad, it was like a, oh. Like, that's when it really sank in for all of us, because we knew that relationship, like, oh, tough love is nothing. This is like, when when you're willing to pass that up, your own like kid your own little beautiful perfect loving that you adore and worship when that's not that's the biggest motivator by far there is in the world we have no chance and when that doesn't work and you know it's work, and you could say it out loud when you're calm and kind of sober and you could say that out loud and you could say it and have the logic and reasoning to know that that's true and there's still nothing i could do myself and nothing you could do to motivate me that's a problem that's like a big problem like what are you going to do that person and what type of tough love did you guys give me just like the i mean it could intervention be, type cut could, off we'll cut yeah, you off we out did, of our lives and we won't speak to you anymore like what type of tough it, love was it it was you're not coming around here for money we're not doing this blah, blah blah don't but then when you see that doesn't work then it's like damn we, we need another game plan because that doesn't what work. was the what was the game plan after that? Um, the the interesting part. Did he ever try anything, by the way, for uh, like? Did he ever try like Suboxone yeah. or Methadone? Oh. Did any of that stuff take for oh, him? He did. Uh, he, he went to the rehab at least three times. Nothing. Suboxone. Um, I mean, he was he was clean for. Uh, yeah. What was his longest time clean? Uh, just under nine years. Whoa! He was clean for nine years. Yeah, 
Wow. Great job. Great family. Great Jeez. support group. Clean. No wonder they say every one day at a time, huh? Oh, That's where it comes from, one day at a time. It, it was. It was clean. I mean, he was clean. He was sober. He was happy. He made a bunch of money. Everything in his life was on point. Like, I got a nice house, a nice yard, a nice family, uh, extended family, support groups. I'm getting making six figures. Like, I got it all. Now, I went from this to this. So life was doing okay, but then the, the, then the, the visual started popping up. So he's like trying. And he, what it, made him relapse? Did something happen? Yes. People around him fell back into drugs. And then it was still, I'm, he's going to meetings every day. For that whole year span, he went to meetings every day. So it's not even like, so he knew, like, I'm going to meetings every day. Like, he does seven a week. So if he can't make it on Saturday, he's doing two on Sunday. So it was, I'm doing seven meetings a week for this whole time. My life is going great. And then people around are doing drugs, and it's like, hey, I, I can't be around. Don't, don't bring that in front of me. Okay. Then, yeah, hey, Jesus Christ, you don't know better. Hey, well, why, why should he even have to ask? Well, the, here's the problem: when the other people were hooked again, do you think your sobriety matters to them when they're? I don't in know. I told same? you, my boy who was addicted to heroin, he didn't come around me, and when I asked him why, he never came or called, and he said, "Lena, because I didn't want to rob you." That's so. That's I, good. I, there's some and people that, out there that there's a diamond in the rough there. Yeah, because most people are like, "Okay, I won't." But then they're there. You run in them. Blah, blah. So the that part just went, and then he actually overdosed and sort of died, and they brought him back. And then it was, I was like, what, what, what happened? He's like, there's only so long that when it's in your face. That you can withstand. Like, I tried. I tried. It's in your face. It's in your face. It's in your face. Suddenly that strong after that many years and that many things and know what you're going to lose as soon as you touch it. And Whoa. it did. So it's not like he didn't put up a fight. Oh, he put up, he put up a nine year fight. Oh, and then right after that hooked again, went back into rehab. Like, oh, okay, I'm going back into rehab. Like we'll do this, this, and then gets out of rehab. And then damn, how good is that? I mean, how good is that shit? And then like shortly after that, it must be like heaven. OD'd and died. That's that's wow. there's nothing comparable, and that's what people that is don't so understand. Crazy. And that's the old school mentality of like, and that was with my family, you know, especially my dad. Like, what aren't you mentally tough? Like, what what like willpower? Be Easier strong. said than be done. Strong. If you never that's, did it, and that's the thing. You come from this tough love, like you know, you know, we're Ebbets. We mentally we're tough. Like it's. Yeah. This is how it goes. Yeah. Like, there's no other option. You have your willpower. You could do it or not. And then it was that's when when he made that comment about the, his daughter, and that that's when everybody realized, oh, this isn't a willpower thing. Like, this isn't willpower. This is. Do you think this is the damn devil? This stuff is the damn devil, and you are hooked. It's a one way street. That's why this. That's why so many people die. That's why the statistics are what they are. Did you sort of that know strong. what was coming? After that point? What do you mean? Like, did you still hold out hope that he would get clean? 
that it wasn't a one-way street. Oh, yeah, yeah. That he could be. You always did to the last minute. You held out hope. Yeah, because... Okay, there never came a time where you were like, I have a bad feeling about this. this no. Is gonna okay. No, because it happened. Saw him in the hospital. All right, now what do we got to do? Because it was always... I was always go, let's go right to the plan. That's me, yeah. I'm not going to sit I'm there. The same way. Other people are, I can't believe you did this. Why would you do this? Blah, blah, blah. And then it's, let's harp on the past. Well, the, par- the past doesn't change the future. So it's, hey, it, this is the here and now. The mistakes have been made. Whatever happened, happened. We can't go back in time. So now what? So that's how my mentality always is. So it's, all right, so now what? Is it, um, where do you need to be? Uh do you need to go right to meetings or do you need to go right to rehab? Like, what what are we talking here? And he's like, well, I don't know. I'll go to meetings. Okay. And then when it, when the urge is too strong, are you, who do you call? Like, are you calling me first and then your sponsor? And then I'll come over or you just drive right to my house and then sleep in my house till and I'll help you till the urge is gone for that moment. Like, so there was game plans yeah. in place. This is what we got to do. This is how we're going to do it. And then again, it's uh, stayed sober for a bit, went to his meetings. No, meetings will help. I could do this. And then that went good for a brief amount of time. Okay. Then all of a sudden, back hooked again. So that stint didn't last long. And then it was, hey, calls me up and, hey, like, I don't know what to do. Um, I'm I'm back. I'm hooked. Like, uh, I'm going to lose if I do. I I don't know what to do because if I go to rehab, I'll lose my job. I'll do this. Then the job was no more. And then it's, well, I got another job. But now if I go to rehab, what am I going to do? I'm like, well, this is life or death. So the yeah, job. Yeah, what's money if you don't have yeah, we'll, life? Yeah, we'll figure that out. Yeah. You know, we'll take care of the kids. We'll provide the money. Like, you, you have to go to rehab. It's either that or die. It's prioritizing. Yeah. And that's the priority. And, and it staying was, alive. Yeah. And that was the tricky part. Like, once you put it like that, and he's like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Well, yeah, that is where I'm at. Because you, you, you let him know that it was okay. And you don't see clearly. No, you're, you're, you don't. You're, 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 the way you triage things in life are off. Because you're thinking, I have to work to provide for my family. Yeah. Well, you do. But if you work and then go take drugs and overdose and die, then you're not providing for family. Exactly. And, and of course, when you're taking drugs, you're not always thinking about death. Because you're like, I haven't died yet. So then it's, you know, why would I consider death? Because... I've done this for this many years. But he did I've, come I've, close I've, to it. I, yeah, I've OD'd a couple times, but I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, helping triage what this looks like. Then it was like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll do this. I'll take care of this. I'll talk to the family about this, blah, blah, blah. This is how we're going to figure it out. This is what I'll do. And we had a whole game plan. And then you go back into rehab, goes into rehab, comes back out of rehab after a month. And then it's, you know, all of a sudden, you know, shortly after that, it was bam. And, and the worst part, even till the very end, he, uh, on his search history on his computer, he was trying to do alternative drugs and how to mix them to give you a high that's the same as heroin without doing heroin. What do you mean on his search? What are you talking about? On the computer, looking at the search history. He was looking up how to get a heroin Oh, you high. went into his computer, looked at his search history, and yes. he was looking for alternative drugs. Alternative to, illegal drugs or legal drugs? No, illegal. 
just how, how do I get the heroin high without taking heroin? Because you know, like, heroin's the worst of the worst, and you're going to die. So he's looking up what drug How do I get mix. this feeling? And it's like mixed cocaine with this, with this, with this. Whoa. So it tells you, like, these drugs to mix. And he did that. He went, got those drugs, did that. Still didn't feel the way he wanted. That's how strong heroin is in fentanyl. Didn't feel it. Then went back again in the middle of the night to the drug dealer. And they gave him the other stuff. And then he died. Do you know who sold him the drugs? Yes, he's in jail. He, in jail? he got charged for the murder. What did he get? He, he got murder? He got charged yeah. with murder? He Good. did. So, he How many, so would he get life or something? Not enough. What did he get? Eleven. He 11 years yeah. for murder? Jesus Christ, dude. Something's wrong. Yeah. Our legal system. What the fuck? You can kill somebody and get 11 years? Especially when they come. And then he's probably going to get out before. Le- How long ago was this? This was a it long might, time ago. Actually, I think it was a, See, I think it was a little longer. It might have been like 14 and And then 11 with parole. And the bad part is... <sighs> That's a shame. Not only do you sell that drug, but... He was there earlier, so you already know all the stuff he already has in his system. Yeah. Like, he came to your house. You you gave him the other stuff, and you knew what he was trying to do. You greedy fucking pig. And then he all came, for the money. And he came back, and you're like, yeah, here. Like, you know. Like, so, I, you know, mercy's, mercy's run out on me. Mm. I'm sorry that happened. So, yeah, but that's hard. That's but tough. That's, but that's just a lesson for people to realize the separation in drug categories and then how serious when people say, like I used to believe, my family, like, hey, just don't do it. Hey, you have bigger priorities. Hey, you have family to take care of. Hey, just quit. Hey, just go here. Move here. Do this. Come stay with me. Mm-hmm. There's all, it's, and I guess it's, there's it's, levels it's that to moth, it too. There's that you know? moth to a flame. And that, there's levels to being an addict. It's like how deep are you? There is. You know, somebody that's like, you know, a new addict that gets away from it. It's like, okay, well, I I took heroin. I got away from heroin. But someone who is like heavy into heroin, I'm sure it becomes even more. What's your history with it? Yeah. yeah. Did you ever want to kill him? Like, was there ever a time like when you were in court and you saw him and you're like, dude, like just if I could get close to him, I slice his neck, bring a razor blade in my mouth. I mean, like, do you, anything crazy like that ever go through your mind, and you had to like shake it off real quick? Those thoughts, I, I, I'd be, I'd be lying if I didn't have those thoughts. Um, sure. I was not in court. I did not go to any court proceedings because I, you thought kind, you might make kind of for that something? reason. I, I don't. It's like okay, like why do I need to go to this? Like if if I go there, it's just gonna be bad things. It's, it's going to be bad things for me, right? Because I go there. What am I going to... I mean, what, what am I going to do other than uh, if you're going to let me... If you're going to let me if help you're gonna leave or... Me, if you're going to leave me alone with the person for a little bit, then I'll go. But, well, you know, so I... None of my... Or if you can help family. convict him in any way, but yeah, you knew that there was a, no difference from going there because all you were going to do is hear the result. Yeah. So I got you. So if it was going to add a nail to the coffin, literally or figuratively, I, I would have, but then it's... Were they friends? His drug dealer was he like a friend or just? That's been debated. Like not, not like a, a, a 
a drug dealer client relationship. Got you. Like I'm cool with you. Not that they grew up together. No, and no. Got no. you. Got you. Do you so, think anybody successfully like chips with heroin? What's that? Do you think anybody successfully dabbles in heroin? Like, do you think there's somebody out there that they're like, I don't. Yeah, I take heroin once in a while, and you I know, don't. but I don't take it every day, and that's how I don't get hooked. Or do you think I, anybody that takes heroin gets addicted? I, I, I have never experienced somebody that has dabbled in it or takes it on special occasions. Uh, they either get hooked or they try it once or twice, and then they realize what a monster it is, and they're like, oh, my goodness. I, I can never go back or I'll be Yeah, I only know dead. one so I know I know one person that ever tried it and they like shocked me when they told me. They were like, I tried heroin once. I was like, What? Because growing up, to me, I always knew don't ever touch it because you will get addicted to yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah. that's why I was like, I don't want to be anything near this shit. Yeah. Don't bring that anywhere near my life because you take that thing and I heard there's no way you can't get addicted to it. And uh, it was shocking whenever he told me he did try it. But like you said, it was a one-time deal. Yeah. and it's so different. And it was, uh, there is a difference, I could say, from people, not, not myself, but secondhand hearing this, is taking it, you know, snorting it or orally and then intravenous. So once you're sticking the needle in your arm, that's like, you that's yeah. that's like the beginning of the end right and to be honest the f- first time my brother came to me uh and i knew he was having problems with drugs trying to help him but it was <clears throat> and he took to be honest he's taken probably everything there is to take in the world of drugs at some point okay i mean every up or down or pill, every weed strain and mushroom and ecstasy and steroids and like, like, <laughs> okay, he, he left no stone unturned. He really did. He <laughs> okay. Really, he really tried. Connoisseur, if you yeah, will. He, he was a connoisseur. He really, really was. Um, and then the part that scared him was he came to my house and, uh, and he was taking it, I think, I think orally. He's like, he, he was scared. Orally? I think it was in... What do you mean, orally? How can you take it orally? You I, eat I, it? Yeah, I don't know. Really? If it, I didn't even know you could do that. Well, I just I thought you could snort it, shoot it, or uh, smoke it. Can you smoke heroin? I know you can smoke Coke. So, Isn't that crack? Is crack Coke? Just in a rock form? Right? It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So I think you can smoke heroin. So I, I think it was orally. orally or snorting it, but... Um, I know it wasn't injected because he he told he came to me he goes I started taking heroin like he came as soon as he took it like a few times and it like freaked him out because he realized uh oh it's almost like when you're going over about to go over a waterfall uh, and it's like there's a big waterfall and it'll probably kill me so I sort of went off this waterfall and I'm slowly going towards it like throw me a lifeline to get me off he said I started he like wide eyed like I started taking heroin. What did you say? And, and I said, my I think my first question, if I recall, was like intravenously. And he goes, no. I said, all right, well, you know, here's what we got to do. And like, again, it went right into game plan. and You didn't make him feel and, bad about it. You just went straight um, to the game plan. Yeah, because I, I, 
what does that do for somebody? I mean, yeah. they're the, the making them feel bad and the guilt. That doesn't, if anything, that's going to make them feel sad, depressed, like they really messed up. And then It depends probably, on the type of person you are. For some people, that works to make them stay off drugs, never take drugs. So it depends on the type of person you it are. It does. Or it could drive them directly to drugs because now they feel bad. Whether that's Some people are guilt, like, I don't want to be anger. that type of person. I don't want people to look down on me. So I'm not going to take drugs anymore. True. Because they don't want to be looked at or perceived that way. So True. For some people, it does work. Yeah. I mean, know your audience, which is difficult because we don't know what stage they are with the drug. Yeah. That's but, what I was saying earlier about yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, how deep. But that's, are you into that's it. the crazy part is if it's um, sometimes it could have been, well, now I feel bad. Um, and now I feel whether it's sad, guilt, upset, mad. Well, you know what fixes all those feelings? Drugs! Mm -hmm. Temporarily. When Gotti died, I told you if there was any drug, I don't do drugs, but if there was any drug in front of me, I would have taken it. To, 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 to stop the, the hurt. Yeah, I the wanted hurt. to stop the pain. Yep. Yeah. And that's what that's the problem with when you feel the sad, the guilt, the upset, the mad, I let people down type. Maybe not heroin. Oh, no. I probably wouldn't have taken heroin. I took that to an extreme. I probably wouldn't have taken heroin, but... Like, if there was, like, a, a Xanax, if there was something, like, I would have like taken Bud it. Like Bud Light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Bud Light. Go woke, go broke. I heard uh, they, yeah, I heard they're not the one so good. Did um, you hear, uh, did you hear Naloxone is uh, being sold in, like, regular stores now? Really? Yeah. What do you think about that? Ashley and I had a conversation about it, like, will that create more drug addicts? You know, will drug addicts still be using the drug, but this just helps save more lives? Because Ashley thinks it's a chicken it's or bad. Egg. She thinks it's it's a bad move because she thinks now it's just going to encourage drug addicts to OD because they're like, oh, well, it doesn't matter because I have it. When she thinks some drug addicts, even a, maybe even a small percentage, will at least have that fear in them. Like, I don't want to OD because if I OD, there's a chance I could die. She thinks having that naloxone will take away that security blanket. And I'm still not sure where I land. I Naloxone, for those who don't know what we're talking about, Ian, you wanna Go ahead. You wanna explain Naloxone essentially naloxone's just a drug that um in plain words, it takes away the high. So if you're ODing it does something where it like clogs up the receptors, it reverses the high, and then uh, it just brings you out of it, and you don't feel anything. Complete, like you feel completely normal all of a sudden. Did and, I leave anything out? I mean, I, I'm not as detailed with it as like you and the, me. The that's why I was going to have you explain it because you you're way more detailed when we talk about shit like that. You need Ashley here. Oh yeah, definitely. But my view. Hmm. My initial view. I keep in mind we you just brought this up, so I haven't had a uh, enough time to logically toss it around in my head to see the pros and cons. But my initial reaction would be, I I, I think it might be okay because that safety net, that fear on that type of strong drug, that that doesn't stay very long. The, the whole me dying thing. I don't know that that, you know, when, if you, you know, 
it's almost because you see it. You see people that OD wake up in the hospital and are like, oh, damn. And they're like, yeah, your heart stopped for for like like 54 seconds. We brought you back to life. And they have that. Oh, wow. I woke up in a bed. My whole family's around. They're terrified. Now I'm terrified. So wait, I was dead. You brought me back. Oh, wow. This is a big problem. But then, you know, if if you brought in that drug in the bed, in the hospital room with your family and said, do you want this? You'd say, oh, okay. Like, that's I, how strong. So so they're gonna, that fear of dying is so secondary to the high and the feelings and the chemistry, the bonding that goes on that, I mean, it's almost like you got to find a different method. So having that is a Band-Aid. We could agree that it's a Band-Aid. Um, it's a safety net. It's a safety net, but it's probably a needed one because having somebody live another day means there's another, another chance, chance for them to get clean. To get clean or it's a good point. or take That's a new That's why I angle. said I'm not sure where I land yet. Yeah. So is it... I, I see the point, but I've seen the drug... I've seen that drug on, on quite a few people, not just my brother. I've seen the effect... And death is, like, so down the list. You want to know the craziest like, eh. story, OD story I ever heard? I have a relative that told me their brother, when they OD'd, chased the OD on the next high. Oh. He OD'd, like you were saying, heart stopped. They brought him back. And the first thing they said when they came out of it was, it felt so good. It was the best high they ever had. So the next time took the same amount to get the same high, and on that one, they they couldn't wake him back up. He chased the OD. Because that was the amount that it gave him, even though, see, that's... Isn't that crazy? It gives me goosebumps. Well, that, again, with the other points I made, that should tell people how strong... This is a chemical bond that it has with parts in your brain, you know, your receptors and everything. It changes so, your brain. Yeah, and so this isn't just a matter of you know what? I like bacon. <laughs> I love bacon. It's my favorite food. You would OD on bacon every day if you could. Yeah. So it's like, I got to have some bacon. You know what? But uh, I'm not going to have bacon. I'm not going to have bacon. It's really bad for your heart. And, you know, it's not really good for you. It's high in sodium. All right. I shouldn't eat bacon every day, but I really want it. There's bacon. I smell it. You're cooking it right now. The smell is fantastic. I want bacon. All right. That's all right. I might use some willpower and it might be tough. But just imagine. It's almost like the power of will is not in the equation anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's how you people really need to see these these opioids is the power of will, the power of choice is removed. And that's that's and that's long story short, don't touch it. Don't touch don't it. Don't chance it, right? Don't chance it, don't touch it. And then if you see somebody going down that road, I told a friend of Tackle mine about time up. To be honest, yeah, I told a friend of mine about that about ecstasy, and it was just ecstasy. I tried ecstasy a couple times. I've told this story numerous times on the podcast. Who came up to me, wanted to try ecstasy, came up to me, asked me how it was, what I thought, and I said, "Don't do it, don't try it." And he said, "Why?" I said, "Because nothing will ever feel as good as I felt that day. I was never ha- till this day. Nothing made me as happy. Nothing made me feel as good, and I." Uh, the next day, I remember waking up and being legit. I was very religious at the time. 
I remember being legit upset at God. And I said to God, why would you create something like that that makes us feel so much better than what you gave us when we're just normal? Why would you ever do that? Why couldn't you make life in general just feel that good? That's interesting. It totally changed my entire outlook on life because I was like, damn, I'll never be that happy. I'll never feel that good unless I take that drug all the time. And that's why drug I sued. But obviously, I knew better not to go down that road. So that's what I told my friend because I don't know if he's built the same way I am mentally. You know, maybe he is, maybe he's not. Yep. But I didn't want him to take that chance because I knew how great it was. Yeah. I knew how good it was. So I was like, dude, just don't do it. Because right now you don't know how good it is and just don't. Because it's a million times better than you probably think it is. So yeah. just don't. Yeah, it's it's funny how drugs interact with different people. Because I do remember a long time ago um, when my brother, uh, Coke was his preferred <clears throat> choice. Long, long before he got into uh, the, the opioid um, stuff. So And he did a lot of Coke for a lot of years. And we were having a conversation, just a general one. He goes, well, you know, I'm, I'm talking as him. He said, I am, you know, I'm hooked on cocaine, can't stop, blah, blah, blah. He goes, but cocaine, you know, some people can take it sometimes and then mm-hmm. not be addicted. Mm-hmm. It's, it's addicting with some people. And he goes, you, he's speaking to me, he goes, you could probably take cocaine. Mm-hmm. You could take it like on a weekend or on a party or doing whatever. Yeah. You could probably take it and then have a shut off valve and be fine with it because you, your personality is different and you don't have the addictive personality that I do. Me, take it once, I'm done. Mm-hmm. You are probably different. So that's, but that's again, those odds still go out the window when you, when you talk about, you know, the heroin, the fentanyl, things like that. And then it's, well, Right. Willpower again. Right. Doesn't add in. All right. So, like we said, long story short, don't touch it, Slipsters. We love you. Please, <laughs> please don't. Please. Um, Ian. And seek help if you are already on that path. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Tell people don't feel guilty. Don't feel sad. Don't feel this. Don't feel. Listen. Priority one triage life. And then everything else will work itself out. So, find somebody and shout from the rooftop. Amen. Okay, um, let's bring this up a little bit. Uh, Let's get to UFC 288. We got a stacked pay-per-view this weekend. Finally, we need it after the freaking card that we had last week. Ian, hit us with some analysis. Tell us what we got coming up this week. You know what? It was was crazy because I... I honestly didn't quite realize how stacked this card was. I knew the the main and the co-main, and I'm like, well, that's good enough for me, right? I'm, I was already hooked. Pancake card, baby. I was already hooked with that. Stacked and, and sweet. It is. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, this is a goodie. This whole card is going to be some fun stuff. So um, should we start out with the main? 
You ain't got no x-ray for us? I got the x-ray. Well, give him, hit him with the x-ray, Malinova. That's what I'm going to do. Go I just see. Oh, I thought you were asking me a question. No, you look like you were going to like oh, go in a different direction. I, I, I'm was, going in the bushes. I'll get back in the bushes. All right. For this UFC 288, we have Mr. Aljo, Aljamain Sterling against the lovable, back from the dead of retirement, Henry Cejudo. Yay, yay. Um, and we have um, the nicknames. The nicknames. Um, I, should I go through, or you want to talk about the nicknames? Because we have we have Aljamain Funkmaster Sterling, and then we have Henry. Now, here's the funny thing. Henry, I think he sort of has a few nicknames. We have Henry the Messenger Cejudo. We have Henry Triple C Cejudo, and we have Henry the Cringe. Cejudo. Which one? King of Cringe. King of Cringe. So, which one is the the real nickname? Which one is for this no. X-ray? You know what? It's a perfect freaking segue. Let's get to how they got their name. All okay, right. we're, we're, we switched it up today. Let's go straight to the segment of how they got their and then name. I'll finish up on the uh, X-ray and the analysis. Okay, so Ian sorta he he already uh, gave a hint to why I picked Henry Cejudo for this. Uh, the reason I picked Henry Cejudo is because most people know him for Triple C. That's what they think his nickname is. Because he calls himself at every four minutes. And well-deserved. He deserves that nickname. It's a fantastic nickname. One of the best of all time. But he you, deserves it. But you can't you can't give yourself a nickname. Why not? Connor gave himself a million nicknames. They're all fantastic. I know, but you're not... Call supposed- me Mystic Mac because I predict these things. It's an <laughs> awesome nickname. I still it, call him Mr. Mystic Mac. It is, but in general... You're not supposed to give yourself a nickname that comes organically. True, but he's the king of cringe. Yeah. So it goes with his whole shtick. It really does. But uh, I went with Henry Cejudo because his nickname, in fact, is not Triple C. Like Ian said, his name is The Messenger. Ian, do you know why Henry Cejudo's nickname is The Messenger? Because when he was young, <laughs> when you always look down at the ground. I but, something crazy's coming. No, no, no. This is this is true story. I'm speaking truth. This is uh, <laughs> when he was young in his neighborhood. The houses were kind of far away from each other and where he grew up. So the mailboxes were pretty far from the house. And then there were some elderly people <laughs> in the neighborhood that just got too old to make the trek down there. Aww. So, and they were where the mailboxes are all together. So it was like the community where they put like the 10, 11 in a row. Yeah. And the neighbors were farther because of the land, the farmland. The so, land. Yeah. So he would actually, because he was an athlete, a young budding athlete, not the, the and triple And a C, nice boy. Yeah. Only a nice boy would do that. He would get the mail every day and he would run it to all the houses of the elderly people and the people that couldn't do it themselves. I, I love it, but that's not it. What, what? <laughs> I love how you go, what? What, what, do, you what do you mean? What are you talking about? Hey, what the hell do you mean? That was, you swung. It was a good swing. <laughs> Let's listen to uh, Triple C explain why he's called the messenger. All right. The nickname The Messenger came from my strength and conditioning coach. My original nickname that I love was the American Dream. Because I feel like the story is just too too good to be true. My mother came to this country to, to live the American Dream. She didn't come here to take people's jobs. You know, she came to America to, to escape poverty, to live a life of peace, to, to raise a family, you know, to raise champions, pretty much. I've reached success. 
I've been at the pinnacle of the world. I won the Olympics. I accomplished my dream. To me, that's an American dream because of the opportunity that was given to me. But then he took it a step further. He says, yeah, but the American dream is good, but you're only targeting one country. The messenger is a nickname, or it's a lifestyle that you're going to live, Henry. You're living it now. And ever since he told me that, it just changed my whole perspective. There you go, Ian. Triple Z getting all heartfelt on us. All uh, philosophical and shit. I st- I'm still sticking with mine. I don't, I don't know. I like I, yours so much better <laughs> than uh, his, because he's sort of making himself out to, to be a, a prophet. <laughs> <laughs> he's making himself out to be Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. uh, you went a little bit uh, a little bit too far there. A little too far. I and I I I don't know where I heard mine from, but I'm pretty sure it's true. Yeah, we're going to go with Ian's, but uh, this has been How They Got Their Name. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Very, very great, Thank as you. always. Back in the bushes. Back in the bushes. Now, back to the x-ray of the Sterling Cejudo fight. So, Aljamain Sterling, the funk master, he's 33 years old. He's in the bantamweight division, the 135ers. Matter of fact, he sits at the very, very top of that division. He is the king of that division at this present moment. Uh, this weekend, we'll see if that is still the case. He is five foot seven inches tall from the U.S. of the A. Even America. though he walks in with a Jamaican flag, he does the. It's not born in Jamaica. You, but no, but uh, get back in the bushes. Good entertain people. My man Aljo is record is twenty two three and oh he is on an eight fight win streak with his last fight in October twenty second of twenty twenty two and eight fights uh, in this division is pretty darn impressive. This is a division of divisions. There's nothing but beasts there. So to to be at the top is quite impressive. But now he's got a test of the Henry the Messenger Cejudo. He's 36 years old. He's coming out of retirement. His last fight was May 9th of 2020. So he's been sitting around for a little bit thinking of what to do. Uh, also, Bantamweight, who also fought in the uh, little bit lighter weight division, too, because he was a champ champ. But now he's got his eye on 135. He's four inches tall, also in the United States of the America, with a record of 16-2-0 on a six-fight win streak prior to the retirement. Now he's out of retirement. He's ready to go. This matchup is here. It is this weekend. What do they need to do to win? Well, let's find out. So we got Aljo. <laughs> Aljo is long, and he's he's big for this weight class. He walks around at like 170. My prediction is this is the last time we're going to see him at, at that this weight. weight class. Yeah, I think yeah. this is it. I think this is uh, win, lose, draw. I think this is the last time we see him at 135. It's a big cut. He walks. He doesn't want to be here. He said it a million times. He walks around at one seventy plus, which is crazy. You're fighting at one thirty five, and you're 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 walking around at one seventy some. He's so, a weight bully. Yeah. So, well, weight bully, which is I think one of his strengths is weight and strength and reach and uh, grappling. So he has wrestling. And it's pretty darn good. And you could say, well, Henry Cejudo has better wrestling because he's been at the top of the mountain or whatever he put at the pinnacle, as he so said a little bit ago, <laughs> with fantastic wrestling. But Aljo, 
He he uses that wrestling just to get you because then he imposes the grappling, the jujitsu aspect to his wrestling. His goal is he calls himself the human backpack sometimes. He he is like this anaconda because as soon as he grabs something, he works his way up. He really and does. he's yeah, he's definitely a position over submission guy. And, and so he will work his way up and slowly go to where he needs to and be very methodical and then till he's very solidly on you where you can't get him off then he starts trying the submissions the chokes in particular so i think he's gonna go with that game plan but only secondary to till he sees and feels out the strike game because he's gonna throw some teeps and some strikes and he has the power in a distance so he's gonna probably see how some kicks to the knees midsection and punches work for him before he decides to go that other route. And whether he goes for the takedown or, in fact, just ends up there because his opponent is going for the takedown. So we'll see how that goes. But, again, not a game, not a good, not a bad game plan. Oh, my goodness. Not a bad game plan. Thank you. I, that's okay. I, I was I was mushmouthed the whole, like, first hour and a half of the, <laughs> of the episode. You can be the mushmouth for the, the last hour and a half. Thank you. So not a bad game plan to strike, stay in the center for a bit, and then... Use the grappling only if you're getting outstruck by Cejudo's speed because I do believe Henry has a striking speed advantage and a footwork speed advantage. So you have the reach. He has that. Try it out. If it doesn't work, still stay in the center and and look for your takedown and go from there for ground and pound or for submission. Now, what does Henry have to do? What does the messenger have to do to deliver his message? I'm so excited he's back. I just wanted to say that. I just wanted to come out the bushes to say that for a second. I'm really excited for this. Aljo even admitted that he said that he didn't want to take this fight because he didn't think anybody was going to be interested in it. And lo and behold, he's like shocked how excited the fans are for this. And that's because of Cejudo. That is why. And, And here's what brings that excitement. First of all, you have a champ champ that retired, um, young for, for the UFC. He retired at like 33, and he's 36 now. So, um, and, and he was arguably. Wow, three years. He's been gone three years, huh? Since 2020. Jeez, time went fast. Damn, dude. What the hell? He's happened? been out since 2020. We've been doing this 2023. Podcast. I know. Jeez. And the crazy part is not only did he leave fairly young, but he left without injury in great shape. Yep. And you could argue that. He was either at his prime or not even at his prime yet. I don't even know that he was at his prime when he left. I thought he was still working up to it. So what has he been doing in his time off? Has he been? I know he's been helping and coaching, coaching. a lot of other top fighters, yeah. um, which keeps you sharp. Is he doing the physical stuff that goes with that? I know he put on a decent chunk of weight. Um, so... We're going to see. He's he's definitely a consummate professional. So I, I have no doubt that there's no ring rust on him, and he's going to be in a peak physical shape. Yeah, I, I could pretty much guarantee that because that's, that's the mindset and how he works. But will we be able to put things together like he has in the past? And what I believe is his biggest strength then and why he was dominant and why he would be um, – able to win this fight is a couple things. He is very fast, and not just fast in one aspect. His transitions 
are lightning fast. So if he goes for like a one-two combination and you move, he will take three steps and throw a head kick at you. And then, you know, fighting, you have a game plan, but as we see, it doesn't always go your way. And sometimes when you hit somebody or people trip over the fence as they're running around or throw like a head kick and you slip and fall sometimes because it pulls out your bottom leg, weird things happen in fight sports. One thing I could say he's great at, great at, is whatever happens in the fight, he transitions right into something else immediately and smart, which that's... That's his wrestling background. That's wrestling, that's That's instinct, that's a high fight IQ. To go from like, oh, I missed a punch and like tripped and kind of sprained my ankle a little bit. Okay, how do I turn around, make up the distance, protect myself, and go at my opponent? And he could do that as if that was part of a game plan, as if he's been practicing that very move. So whenever he does things, it looks like, oh, he practices that. And to be honest, with his sharp mind and keen abilities, it's sort of like he does practice for any situation that pops up. He's equipped for it. And I could say there's very, very few fighters that are that way, past and present. So that's his biggest gift. Uh, Will he use his wrestling? I think if he's smart, he will try a couple takedowns, but I don't know how much he wants to spend grappling with Aljo because he's very good and strong. He could wrap you up and then try to make positions. So Cejudo is known for taking you down and ground and pound viciously, but he has to really be careful because Aljo could throw up a triangle, uh, a leg triangle, or an arm triangle instantly. So he should not be as reckless as he is in some of his other fights. I shouldn't use the word reckless. I should use the word aggressive. You got to kind of keep good posture if you go to the ground with Aljo, even if you're on top, to avoid those situations. So I think a game plan for Henry should be try the striking out because you could hit and get in and out, even though there's the reach advantage for Aljo. I think he has the speed to go in and out, use angles that can possibly neutralize that. And don't necessarily go to the ground um, all the time. I would use a lot of feints and knee taps to you know what, I'm going to punch you in the face with a one-two. Next time, I'm going to go tap your knee. Next time, I'm going to go one, uh, a jab and an uppercut. And then next time, I'm going to go for a single leg and actually go for it and mix that up. I, I think that's his uh, best way to victory. Okay. Who do you have winning? Uh, damn. Damn, damn, damn. I This is another torture. And you know who I'm going with. Yeah. Um... It's tough. I'm, I'm leaning Henry, but it's so tough to to avoid the fact that Aljo is strong and long. So if it goes to the ground, he could throw up some submissions. If it wasn't for the ring rust, I would be even more confident that Suhudo was going to win. That's the only thing that has me a little bit concerned is he's been away from the game for a while. That is literally the only thing that concerns me. And that is the piece for me because if he has, as I just went into that, long breath, uh, positional <laughs> transitions, and always being there. If he could be as sharp as that, then I'm picking him to win. But if that slowed down any, if those transitions yeah, if he's slowed down speed, any, yeah. Aljo was, will capitalize that on that because he has the strength and the reach. But I think I think I might, I, I might lean Henry Cejudo. Nice. And the real edge 
to uh, not just for this fight, but for the preparation in this fight is his mental strength is, uh, you know, do I like his personality, his cringiness? No, it gets on my nerves. Oh, I don't really it. like it. Um, it annoys me. It's don't childish. It it's stupid. Boy. So for a lot of those reasons, uh, it just bugs me, and, and he tends to bug me. Why don't you and Ashley but, watch the fight together wait, 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 since wait, wait, you wait. both hate him but so much? I'm, look, I'm, I'm coming around. I, I, I'll watch it by myself. Listen, you. Back <laughs> you. in the damn bushes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I do think his mental strength is isn't really surpri- surpassed by anybody. It's equal mental to Mental fortitude. His mental fortitude is not passed by anybody. It It's equaled. Volkanovski and some others have equal. Um, but I don't think... He showed that in him. the Marlon Marias fight. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's when he really showed his mental fortitude. He time. almost got a quick stoppage yeah, he did. to himself. Yeah he, yeah, he did. All right, well, let's get to the sleepers and bangers. Um, I think that the top three fights on this main card are the top three fights, but if I had to pick a sleeper and banger, a true sleeper and banger, I'm going to go with Marina Rodriguez versus Virna Yandaroba. Now, I did have Thug Nasty versus Mosvar on here, but that fight is off. It got canceled. Thug Nasty has an injury. They didn't say what the injury is. I'm so bummed. There, look, I know. I didn't know that, that was dude, off. I'll tell you something, man. That kid had a lot of heat behind him. A lot of steam yeah, yeah, going yeah. from, and he's slowly starting to lose a lot of that steam for various different reasons. Losses, injuries, illnesses, quote, illnesses. <laughs> See, Remember yeah, he got... said he lost that fight because his stomach hurt or something, or he had the flu. I had the flu. Earth is flat, and I had the flu. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he's starting uh, to lose a lot of that steam. But, um, yeah. I'm going to go with Marina Rodriguez, Verna Yandaroba. Ian, what else you like on that card? Uh, well, I really like everything. Oh, my goodness. I like that. But, I am man, I'm so bummed at that. The fact that, oh, I, the Drew Dober, Matt, the steamroll love from Vola. I'm glad you brought that uh, up. I'm that very, the next one, yeah. I'm very excited about that. And the top three, as you mentioned. But I'm also... we In order, seen... too. Top three in order are perfect. One, two, three. If I had to pick my top three in order. Those those are good. And the other one, um, we haven't seen Crone Gracie in a while, and he's fighting Charles Jourdain. So that one, um, I'm really... I'm interested because Crone's been gone a while, and I'm hoping he's been gone a while to work on his striking. Because... Of course, he's a he's a wizard on the ground, but his striking comes up a little short. And if you're going against somebody like Jordan, who's pretty darn skilled in that area, mm-hmm. um, hopefully he uh, he's brushed up on that. So, what kind of improvement are we going to see with Gracie? And then it's a, a striker versus grappler. So that that's going to be really fun for me. So I'm glad to see that one. So those are the big ones. Okay. Let's get to the slip picks. So uh, this week, I'm going with Triple C, Henry Cejudo, Gilbert Burns, Jessica Andrade, Crone Gracie, Marina Rodriguez, and I did have Thug Nasty until uh, he pulled out. Ian, what do you got? I already have Triple C on here for you. And I might add, I have Triple C right now, but pay pay attention to Twitter because I it wouldn't surprise me if I change before the fight starts put your notifications on put so your notifications tweets, on you know because i'm gonna be because i'm so torn between these two i'm going to be 
making extra mental note of what they look like. Gotcha. So how they weigh in, what uh, how drawn out they are is going to play a factor for me. How they rehydrate, what they look like, um, the intensity, the seriousness on there, the concentration, um, how they handle media. These are all things that I'm going to be looking for because it's going to tell me a distraction level or a concentrated mindset effort. So that's going to play a final decision if I were to change it. Okay. <clears throat> Good disclaimer. What do you got? And, oh, this is going to be a fun one. I, I think I got to go Gilbert Burns. I got to go. I got to go Gilbert. I'm going to go Jessica Andrade. And, and I'm going to go Drew Dober. And I am going to go Marina Rodriguez. Okay. And I might. Oh, I'm thinking about picking Javier Ramos Estevam, but I don't know. I might Sorry, stay take away your from time. Him. We're only like three and a half hours in. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting the brakes. I'm hitting the brakes. <laughs> I'm, I'm hitting the brakes. We're going. Okay, we had a lot of uh, the same picks this week. Everybody, enjoy the fights. We hope you guys have a good time. Come back next week for the recap. Let's get to the current events. Uh, for the current events this week, I did have Tito Ortiz on here, turning mush face and passing out after losing his battle to the 9G centrifuge there's not really a lot to say about that and i'll show you the video oh, real quick. please please because i thought we we're gonna have to wait till next week yeah here i'll just show it to you really quick but uh, there's not much to say on it but just because i already mentioned it to you <laughs> look in his face <laughs> look at his face uh, it looks like he's in a wind tunnel and the wind like pushes his face back you know oh yeah yeah. I, I was out on that one. Yes, sir. He went out and came right back in. I would love to do that. I would do something like this, too. They had I, something really cool. Uh, uh, I did a ride at Universal Studios the one time. It made Ashley so sick. But it's supposed to mimic the G-force of a rocket taking you to space. So you're in the rocket and then, you know, what you see is, like, space as you're going up. Like, what you would actually see leaving the planet, leaving the atmosphere, going to space, and then, like, going to Mars. It was really cool, but she got she, she was sick for, like, the next, like, seven, eight hours. Oh, Because wow. the G-Force was legit that strong. Oh. Yeah, it was awesome. So if you ever go to uh, Orlando Studio, I think it was Orlando Studio, or Ep- maybe it was Epcot. Okay. It was one of those. It was really fun, but I would do that too. I definitely, I'm, I might look into that to see if there's any place close that. And NASA, that would be get your game up. I just heard last night that China, chi- China, <laughs> China, China. I just heard last night that China is building the first lunar habitat on the dark side of the moon, and they're going to do it in like the next five years. They said it's going to be within the next uh, decade. No, I heard that it's actually going to be before that. It's going to be like they already started it. What are we doing here? What are we doing in the United States? Why is China building? And it's going to be built out of moon soil bricks. Like, why are they building this cool ship before us? We should be building the first habitat on the moon. We went to the moon first, for Christ's sake. They haven't even been there. And uh, did we really Tell go? them to touch... <laughs> And Jack would say not, probably. Did we, I don't know if we really went. Jack and Thug Nasty would probably say, eh, I don't know. But, I don't uh, think we really went. Do you we really said. don't think we went? Or are you just being funny? No, no, I I, I don't. And Are you being serious? I When we said we went, I don't believe we went. And 
Well, we don't have enough time. We don't. This. We don't. But one of the main reasons. Next week, we'll put it on. For yeah, one week. of the main reasons is who said something. Buzz said something in one of the other ones. Uh, you know, It's on the internet. You have to look it up. But they were somewhere, and they sort of quietly, like, basically said that, that they weren't there. And they're older. Sure, something wasn't taken out of context or something wasn't misconstrued. Let's get into this more next week. We'll look them up and we'll uh, we'll look them up and watch them together. Here, I'll put it on the notes for next week. That'll be fun. We'll look them up and. uh, Thinks we didn't go to the moon. (laughs) Been hanging out with Jack too long. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not. Listen, Jack Jitsu. He he goes he goes a bit too far for me. Uh, he didn't get you to the flat Earth no, yet, but he no. did get you to we didn't go to the moon. No, that was uh, that was me independent of him. Okay, so don't don't think all space things are related. No, him, him and his flat Earth theories, I I shoot down all of them. I'm just teasing my boy because I, I love not, him and I'm I miss you, Jack. And I'm sorry I didn't answer your call. I texted you. <laughs> he's not answering. He's not replying back to me, and I deserve that. I deserve that. So uh, you're. You're in communicational timeout. Yeah, I am. And I deserve to be in communicational timeout. It's not nice that I didn't return his call. So I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, now, look, uh, for the other thing that I have on the current events, it's a rapid bangers alert. We usually always do banger alerts. This is going to be a rapid banger alert because I don't know why, but the UFC decided to go ahead and just start making really good fights and released the the release uh the the list of it last week so i'm just gonna go down the list rosenstrike versus almeida may 13th raquel pennington versus aldana 2 may 20th Ooh. kai cara france versus albazi june 3rd Ooh. marvin vittori quick turnaround what? versus cannoneer june 17th okay uh josh emmett versus taporia That's... june 24th oh. strickland versus magomedov July 1st. Oh, didn't know that at all. Rafael Dos Anjos versus Vicente Luque. July 15th. That might be my even favorite one now. Molly McCann versus Stoliorenko, July 22nd. And Cody Garbrandt versus Mario Batista, August 19th. Oh, it's not not Dominic Cruz, but it's still... It's still pretty good. Right. So that's the rapid banger alerts list. We have a lot of good fights coming up. Ian, do you want to get anything off your chest before we end with the post-fight song of the week? Maybe next week. Okay. I have something real quick that I have to get off my chest. I am not happy with the way that we do trials in this country. Do tell, my friend. When we have a jury trial, or a trial by jury, I should say, I don't like that if all the jury don't agree, that it's considered a mistrial. If they have 12 people on the jury and 11 agree that the person's guilty and only one thinks he's not guilty and it's thrown out as a mistrial, it shouldn't be that way. It should You're be, a majority kind of guy. Yeah, it should be a majority. That's how they should do it. You don't throw the whole trial out. I mean, there's a reason why... The mob back in the day would try to get to a jerk. They would try to get to one person to try to get the trial thrown out because you just get to one. No, if you have, a, especially if you have 11, if you have 11 people that think somebody's guilty and you have one saying not guilty, his vote doesn't count anymore. So, mm, so, so, so let's see. If you're going majority, are we going straight seven, five, and beyond, or are we just going like 10 and two, maybe? Like, no, is there... whatever it is, the majority wins, the majority decision. 
So if it's, Every time. If it's seven and five, that's pretty close. It doesn't matter. There should be no reason to throw out the entire trial because all people... Look how weird this is. If you have 11 people that say guilty, one that says not guilty, and the judge gives them more time and says, hey, this trial has uh, come a long way. We spent a lot of time on this. I really want to see you guys go back there and try again. What do you mean try again? So what's going to happen? You're going to have the 11 people convince that one person... And then he might just fold because maybe he just wants to get out of there or maybe he's getting pressured now to oh, just agree absolutely. with. Exactly. So that's why I don't agree with uh, the whole mistrial and it should be a majority decision because I guarantee they're being pressured and coerced by the other people on the jury board. They want to get back to their family. A lot of these people are like, I'm talking about like OJ Simpson type trials. They're like, dude, this has been going on a long time. I want to go home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to go home. Like yeah. enough of this shit. Let's go. Just agree with us so we can get the hell out of here. And it shouldn't go that way. So just make it easy for everybody and do a majority decision. What if it's a, a super... Hmm, damn. I mean, I say I was going to say super quick turnaround with a new jury, but there's it, there's not a super quick... Well, why? Why? Go through why? the whole party again with a new... Tell me tell me one reason why a majority decision can be a bad thing. I mean, it scares me. I mean, I mean, I I like that everybody's on it, but but you're right in the fact that a lot of time when there's one hanger, it's the pressure that'll get that person to cave. But Here's my thoughts. A 7-5 split worries me because that's it's a majority, but it's still very close that you have five people that disagree. That's that's a lot of people, and why do they disagree? Maybe those are the five smart, logical ones. The other seven are some crazy, dumb knuckleheads. I, I just try to think. I mean, we had 12 knuckleheads on the O.J. Simpson trial. Well, I mean, I mean there's, there's some fair points going on there. I mean, they found that murderer innocent. Did they find him innocent or just the the fact that the cops messed up a bunch of protocol? The, the glove didn't fit, and you have to, to acquit. <laughs> if the that. glove don't fit, you must, you must acquit. acquit. That was a crazy... Yeah, that blew my mind. But I, I could see if it was... 10 to 2, but not more than that. 10 to 2, 11 to 1. I wouldn't want to go beyond that because I I think of a scenario, what if what if you were on trial for something? Would you be okay with a majority, a 7-5? You're on it's it's a life sentence for you for whatever you did and it's 7-5. I mean, that's being biased. If I'm on trial for my life, of course I want all of them to agree because it's much more difficult. Okay, that's my point. That that's sort of but I'm not I'm not thinking just trust, about myself. I'm, do you ju- trust I'm thinking the five about the, the or do you trust the seven? That, that's not a lot out of the 12, the five or the seven. Do you trust? It just seems like it's much more difficult how would you it's, feel? it's much easier to mess up the trial if you have everybody that needs to agree. That's all I'm trying to say. Getting to one juror is much easier. Finding one juror that's a knucklehead 
in all of them, it's very easy. I don't hate your idea. I, I will say that. If, I don't uh, hate your idea about changing the split. At best, I wouldn't want to go more than a 10-2 split. Okay. If I'd I, have to think I, about the split exactly, but I'm, I'm okay with that. If I had to... With a split. If I have to come up with a decision right this second with minimal thought, uh, I would go 10-2, 11-1, but no more. If we have any attorneys out there that are slip the jab listeners and fans write in and tell me, am I missing something? Is there a good reason for why we do it that way and why it would mess things up if we do a majority decision? Because uh, we do have people of all kind of listen to slip the jab. We have doctors, everybody listens to us. We have astronauts. We have presidents, Obama, from what I understand. Retired president. My president is black. My Lambo's blue. And I'll be goddamned if my rims ain't too. Oh, what's that from? <laughs> Who's, who, I forgot. You don't even remember who did it? Yeah, my president is black. My Lambo blue. And I'll be goddamned if my rims ain't too. I'm <laughs> still at home and everybody's still a gray. What you gotta say? I forgot who it is now. It's crazy that you remember most of the lines. I don't know. Who the hell said that? Let me see. <laughs> My president is black. I like how we're so past time, but this we have time for, for music. We, have, we always well, have well, time. We have time to do research on some obscure rap that you just threw at us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shit I have wrote. I ain't write this shit by the way, nigga. Some real shit right here. This is the realest shit I ever quote. You never heard this? I never. This song's dope. Everybody see the skill. president is black. My Man, me and Ashley had some good times to this song, dude. Riding in my convertible. Who is it? Young Jeezy. Oh, okay. Young Jeezy, Young Yeezy. I forgot how you say his name. I think it's Young Jeezy. But he went to jail. I think like somebody backed him with like drug money or something. Something like that happened. But uh, man, we had some good times. Like 2.30 in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, driving home from like the club or the bar or the restaurant wherever we were coming home for i mean singing this at the top of our lungs <laughs> with my convertible down like coming home on the parkway <laughs> my president is black <laughs> blue. okay um okay so uh that's all i wanted to get off my chest think about it guys that's all i'm saying just think about it just think about just it think about <laughs> just think about it okay so uh let's get to the post fight song of the week shall we that's before cute. we get to that ian i have a surprise for you oh, a good friend what? of the show at zombie fight fan he uh convinced me to start a new segment we're not going to do it every week it's very special it's very exclusive it, it's very bmf belt Okay? Oh, okay, it could, it could very possibly be a one-off. Now, wait, wait, wait. Before we, before you tell me that, we didn't even mention that Mike Perry makes his own platinum belt and carries it with him in the BKFC. I didn't see it. He walked uh, in with it. He has his own belt. He has it like press conferences and it's stuff. Damn well, he should. It's it <laughs> he deserves platinum. it. It looks like it's platinum like and what the hell? How did he I made miss his, that? He made his own belt, and then after the fight, he basically. Trying to tell people it's like 
it's the real deal. Yeah. That's the real like, thing. This is what I look at as like the real belt. And he's not, hey, he's not kidding. <laughs> I can say, I told you that I thought he was the champ. I thought he was the last week when we were previewing the fight. I thought Mike Perry, for some reason, in my mind, I was like, oh, Mike's the BKFC champ. I Luke's mean, trying to get the belt. I mean, he, <laughs> so, he believes he's the champ. When's he going to fight for the belt? Who has the BKFC belt? When's he fighting for? He deserves it. He brought more damn eyes to that organization than anybody. I'm not, I'm not arguing with the you. The best thing that happened to the BKFC is Mike Perry, and the best thing that ever happened to Mike Perry is the BKFC. Looking back, when I, I was so sad that he left the UFC, this is the best thing ever happened. Mike's like a superstar. And this He's is the Conor home. McGregor of the BK. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. his home. It is his home. Yeah, yeah, it's all working out. So to him, he's he's made it. I don't, I don't know who has the belt. Uh, his name's Mike Perry. That's all you need to know. And that belt is platinum. That's right. Like Nate Diaz says, I got the belt. The belt, I got my own belt. That's Mike. <laughs> okay, so the, the name of the segment, before we get to the post-fight song of the week, is called the pre-post-fight song of the week song. <laughs> yes i have okay. a i have right. a song at zombie fight fans sent a song in okay. that he thinks you're gonna love me yeah and that's a bold he, statement we what? both love you so much and i said you know what i agree i think ian's gonna love it too so we should play it for him and i'll play it for him on the show and he's gonna uh, love it like this is gonna be his favorite song wait. of all time wait a minute i was like for- dude you know him all too well this is so right up his alley. I can't wait to play it. I'm so excited. Wait, 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 wait. So when he showed you the song, did you already know the song or was I it new didn't. to you? Okay, no, I so didn't. It was new he, t- to you. he put a tweet out and he said, this shit right here slaps or okay. this shit right here bangs or something. So I looked it up and I was like, dude, that shit right there does slap. That shit right there does bang. I was like, I got to play this for Ian. I was like, he will love this. And he was like, Oh my god! I didn't even think about this. It really is like Ian's style and the type of music he loves and everything. I was like, I promise, I will, I'll play it right before the post fight, like just like thirty seconds of it, and then I know you're gonna want to download it, and then you can just play it on repeat on the That's way. That's a home. lot of pressure. What if I don't like it? I'm gonna ruin. Then be everything. honest. Be honest. But we're everything. we're we're pretty much we're like ninety nine percent sure. That's that you're gonna love it. Well, that's I don't know. That's bold. I don't even think <laughs> I would pick ninety nine percent of myself. <laughs> to be honest. So you want to hear it? You ready? I do want to hear it. Okay, so this week's pre-post-fight song of the week song is... <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Wait, my... trying... Good job. No, you nailed it. This you week's did. pre-post-fight song of the week song goes to... I don't even know. that's 30 seconds the cool thing about this song there's cool thing about it yeah it's this is this coolness goes the whole way through oh that's impressive So what do you think? I'm just wondering who left the studio unlocked for the two twelve, <laughs> two the, angry twelve year olds to come in and start banging shit around. Who let the demons? In? <laughs> who let the devils in? Don't make fun of my boy. This is he loves this. I told him. I said. Uh, my I said, bro. Word. I was like, I. 
I've never seen anybody with a vastness in musical genres than you. I told him. His like, taste, yeah. His taste. Eclectic is I all thought, out. Yeah, I thought I had a, a really vast taste in music, and he surpasses me. Mm-hmm. So, um, but there you go. What did you think? Well, how soon till you download it? I mean, as soon as uh, as soon as I get on my jet, uh, and and then uh, use the um, Wi-Fi hotspot on my jet. I go. I'm gonna play this for Ian. He goes. He's gonna hate it. <laughs> That's the true story about what happened. I said. I seen it. I listened to it. I said. I have to play this for Ian tomorrow. And he goes. He's gonna hate it. And I said. I know. Well, I thought it was funny that you um, at one point put it in the category of music. <laughs> You said this is part of the musical don't genre. Don't tease, man. A lot of our listeners are metal dude. They love this shit right here, dude. This shit hits hard for them. I mean, it... You know it, what? It, it, you know, you're something, it, man. It, it hit, you'll it's, you, it's, you'll yeah. defend morbidly obese people, oh, right? Because they, because they think different and, uh, you know, you got to take everything on a case-by-case basis and you don't know, you know, live in their shoes. You're <laughs> all about living in people's shoes. Hold on, Malinova. You're all about living in people's shoes. You're quoting me. Why do I got to sound like a dork all of a sudden? I don't make that dorky voice, nor the face. People can't see your face right now, but you're like... You're like moving your head and your shoulders and your elbows flaring out like you're some dorky nerd. Do I ever do getting that? getting very active. You're actively <laughs> strange. You're getting... Okay, well, this is you. You got to live, you know, don't don't walk them out and walk them out. <laughs> Whatever the fuck you say. <laughs> that you know you want to be the good guy all the time. But uh, when it comes to music, you don't understand the concept of everybody has different taste. How come, how come you uh, don't feel bad to make fun of people who like this type of music? You're you're quick to tease when it comes to that boy. No, I I'm fine with people liking this and enjoying this. Music is subjective. I don't have a problem with that. The only thing I thought was strange is they're calling it music. <laughs> I don't know what you call it, but it's okay if you enjoy it. I wish I could go into their bodies and have their ears and like feel what they feel when they listen to it. That's I, I like. Would, I wish I could understand. I want to like it. I want to like it. It's one of the very few genres of music. You want me to be honest with you? I think the only genre. I really think the only genre that I, I don't like is this type of heavy metal. I, Whatever type of. I think. I think there's a, a particular name for this type of metal. But it, to me, it's just death. Your drum, metal. Like all I hear when I listen to this <laughs> is I hear yeah. I hear the constant <laughs> drum. <laughs> I nailed it. I think I could be in a, in a group. <laughs> you remind me of when you do the Manscaped review. <laughs> spritzes and sprays! <laughs> um, I actually like your spritzes and sprays better than this. I um, can't get that guttural yell that they achieve. Well, to me, what I don't understand is it just sounds like the constant drums and then the screaming... And I like I miss the art to it. Like when I'm I'm trying to listen to it, and I'm like, okay, what is what are people seeing? Is this like the skill that it takes to drum that fast? Is it the skill that it takes to scream like that? I know there is a skill. I'd I told like you to about know. that on one episode that I talked to somebody that <clears throat> we had this discussion because they like this type of hard death metal. What did they and, say? And is I, it the skill? Well, and they actually did it was in an open mic and they did a song so they were making the music as they were there and then they did the well i I shouldn't say the somebody else did the song and the yelling 
And then the person I sat with liked it and liked the music and then was explaining the skill set and the difference in the guttural voice you use and how the they rah, could, Yeah. That thing. I, we were I talking about how they could do that and not strain their voice in four or five minutes. So and to them, they're hearing Pavarotti. Yeah, because they're they're able to hit a certain level in your voice that doesn't cause you pain. When I try to make that noise, it hurts my throat. Me too. And Is it something could, you have to learn? Do they learn it? Do they train it? They went into great detail on how to get it, what to do, how to do it. So then I'm thinking... It was very interesting because, to me, it was just people yelling. And, it scares me. And like, this them, type of music scares me. It, well, it is uh, interestingly loud and chilling. Chilling's a good Yeah, word. like, it scares me. It's like what I would envision, like, if I went to hell. Okay. <laughs> like, as soon as I get down into hell, mm-hmm. and, like, this is what they're playing, and I see, like, fire and the devil, he's like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the face. <laughs> you know? Oh, your this, face. This is, what I, this is what I picture, going uh, to hell. But he, I do understand the appreciation. I do have a question. You know, sometimes it's, I, I do understand that it's kind of loud and chaotic, against the grain, rebellious, uh, and a huge energy release. So, for all that, I could get why people would like that. You have a rough day, a stressful job. You put this on; it helps free your mind, whatnot. Wow, see, so, that's that's crazy. So to I, me, it makes me more anxious. So I could understand why people like it. Here's the part that I have the question with: Do the lyrics matter? Because on mo- a lot of these tracks, no. the How the volumes they? of the drums yeah. and the the yelling and the you know, whatever else, the guitar, some of the other instruments, it it is so loud. So whenever they're not yelling and they go into some of the lyrics or they yell the lyrics at such a level where it's hard to discern a word from another word or blending of the words, that's my question. Do they listen to it enough times that they then can pick out the nuanced lyrics? That's a good ear if you can. But it would be hard for me to say that the first time they listen to a song, They've never heard it in this genre. Maybe if you listen to it all the time, it get, I'm sure it gets a l- little easier and your ear becomes a little more astute to picking out words because you listen to it. Mm-hmm. But I want to know if the first time they listen to it, if they know the words, if they understand any words more than like three in the song, and we maybe need, some of them I've seen we with need 11 Chris words. Chris Cooney and at Zombie Fight Fan. Those are the two. They'll to answer this question. So please actually do a call-in message to us or write in. Dude, how fun would that be if we told them exactly what time we were going to be on on Tuesdays and they called in? Because we have that capability on the board. I can, like, you know, phone people in or whatever you say. That would be... Dow people in. Dow people in. That would be fun. Dow y'all in. And if they can't do that, at least a voice message. The, 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 The craziest screaming I can get to, like the craziest level, is like a chop suey Level. You remember the song Chop Suey? South Righteous Suicide. I cry South Righteous Suicide. That sort of song. Father! Father! You don't remember that song? I, I sort of remember. I don't want to take up. Yes. I don't want to take up. You wanted to. So, like that, like. And I like that song. And I like that song. That's what I'm trying to say. Anything above that level, I can't get to anymore. You went too, you went too far. And I do like 
<clears throat> Let me have a sip of water. I can't do oh, it. Oh, no. Spritzes, that's price. <laughs> no, no. You'll recognize it. I want to spritz it with the Sprite. <laughs> oh, that, is so, that is so awesome you're gonna have to do that next week <laughs> remember that remember because i'm gonna call on you for like the manscape read okay. um this you'll recognize it even though i can't sing in Osan poor but <clears throat> you'll know the song that i i like i could go this level <clears throat> oh it's a good jam that's, so like I could go to that. I like that. That's your spritzes and spray voice. Yeah, you're good. You you. It's very like, high pitch. It's very that type is like more of a like an '80s hair band. Yeah. That's where you can get to the high pitch, the yeah. metal, that type of metal. This is the and, yeah. This is different type of screaming. And I'm fine with it if you could hear, even if it's the demonic voice and whatnot. If you could make out the lyrics, okay. So my real question is, all jokes aside. The part I don't understand is why have lyrics or can you understand the lyrics? Can you discern them without somebody telling you or the band telling you or putting the lyrics inside the cover? Like mumble rap. So, yeah. So that's – or if it doesn't matter. If you – because there's songs I listen to and I've listened to for 20 years and somebody will say, oh, what's what does that song mean? I'll say, I don't know. Yeah. Well, what are, what are the lyrics? I could tell you like like – 14 well i don't know I, but i've listened to song literally thousands but it's the beat and the musicality of why i like this song and yeah. other songs which we talked about this oh it's the words it's the lyrics so the beat uh, i guess it's okay i never thought about the beat i guess it's our the music i guess it's okay but it's the words so depending on that so if they tell me that the words don't matter they're secondary it's the other parts it's the energy the beat the the deepness, the growling, that. Mm. So I like the sound of the voice. I don't know what they're saying, but I love the sound of their voice. Then I'm in. It's the lyrics. Can you You're tell me what You're in as far as are? understanding. You're not in as far as liking it. No, no. Right. I, I, but I, you'll I, understand. Yeah. I would like to hear what they like, and I can understand an appreciation, <gasps> but That's I want to know what the lyrics, if they Next matter. Week. Next week. Call in with a voice message. That's what I just said. A voice recording. That's what I just said. I'm sorry, I'm a narcissist. I was listening to myself. (laughs) (laughs) I was too busy thinking about what I wanted to say next, which they said is the most rude thing you could do in a conversation. I'm sorry. That's so awesome. Yeah, Ian's right. Next week, you have to call in, voice recording, explain it more to us. Please, please, please. All the reasons you appreciate the genre... And nuanced detail, and then answer my question, do the lyrics matter? And for a lot of the songs, can you even discern what the lyrics are on your own without being told or reading? And I have a question too. I'd like to know, is there a specific word or name for that type of growling, screaming type of singing? Do they have a specific name for it? Because we, we were calling it the, the demonic voice, the growling, the blah, blah, blah. I'd like to know. They have to have some sort of specific thing. I think it's called, call. uh, it's called Hell's Coming With Me. <laughs> it's called I'm Possessed. Okay. Um, all right. Now let's get to the real post-fight song of the week, shall we? Please. I mean, how many hours are we in? Here we go. This week's post-fight song of the week goes to...
know this song? Oh, yeah. My man. Tricks are made for kids, but you know that? You without me like cornflake without the milk. 
It's my world. You're just a squirrel trying to get a nut. <laughs> Dismissed. Gave yeah, you things you couldn't even pronounce. <laughs> okay. I didn't. I know the original, so I didn't know this version. Wait. Whoa. Wait. This isn't the original. There's an original to this. The original doesn't have rap in it. What? What year is this? And you know what you're talking about? This is by Juice Jones. This is old as hell. There's an older version? What year is this? Dude, you're going to blow my mind and make my day. That song hit so hard. This was 1986. I thought there was a version. Bro, what were. are you talking about? There can't be an original. This is old as hell. <laughs> I mean, I, a, I, technically there could. I mean, there was rap in like 79. Take a, let's see if there's a original. The Rain original? All right. Yeah, let me know if there's. What rap are you hearing? There's no rap. Well. You talking about the end? When yeah. he starts talking? Yeah, yeah. He's not rapping. No, but <clears throat> I, I, unless I've only heard this song without that piece. Because I've never, I've heard, I know the song, but I've never heard that piece. There could very well be an extended version, but I've only heard this version. I've never heard any version without that. That's why I I want I love this song. But one of the reasons that makes it so great for me is the end when he's talking to her. It's It's so funny. funny. Yeah. I went and emptied all your bank accounts. Yeah. Cancel all your credit cards. Cancel all your credit cards. Yeah. Okay. You think you couldn't even pronounce dismissed. Yeah. I've never heard that. I've heard the song. I've never heard that. So I don't know if that's a, is that, like you said, not seeing anything, brother. The original vinyl, 1986, Juice Jones. I'm not seeing anything that says that it was a remake. So maybe you heard, like you said, maybe you heard like a radio version and uh, it didn't have that ending. Maybe it didn't because I heard it. Oh, man. I, I, you shocked I, me that you even knew the song. That was really cool. Well, I listened to it a lot and I think it was on my parents' eight track cassette. Damn, your parents were listening to this? That's cool. But that's why I was thinking is there a version even earlier? Because I listened to a lot of disco. So, I listened to a lot of stuff from 70s to, you know, real, er- disco was like early 80s, like stopped around 82-ish. So, that's why I was thinking, is there an older one than this? Or did I hear it on 8-track that didn't have the ending? So, now I'm kind of confused. Because I know, that I used to listen to the song a lot. Can you guess why I played it? Is this, is this because... <laughs> It's because of Paula Costa. No, it's because of Connor. Yeah. This is Dana's song to Connor. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gave you that chip, chip belt. Uh, what are you trying to prove out there with the BKFC? I saw you in the rain. <laughs> holding hands and I'll never be the same. Yeah, I found this song... Um, <clears throat> Uh, Uncle Joey Diaz, believe it or not, when he had his podcast, Joey Diaz used to do a similar thing that we do. We play like a song every okay. episode, and he used to sometimes start with one. Sometimes he end with one. He would say, uh, I forgot that that funny sidekick he had, but he would tell me, be like, feel a little dumb, baby, hit me. Like, and that would be like his cue to like play a song that he really likes. Uh-huh. And uh, it would always be like a song Joey Diaz really loved and this was one of the songs he played one day, and I was like, I love that. What is it? And I downloaded it and never went back. He was on Rogan mm-hmm. recently. I told um, 
I told uh, everyone on Twitter, I was super disappointed. Why? I was so excited. He hasn't been on Rogan in years. Finally, he goes back on Rogan, and it was disappointing. It reminded me of when you have a musical artist you really love that was a goat, <clears throat> and then they make a new album, and mm. it's still good. I mean, you know, Eminem still the greatest rapper ever lived still has mad skills but it's just not the same mm. something's something's different and joey's older now joe is older now their conversations are a little different they're not as blue comic-y you know okay. and racy yeah like joey diaz was so funny he'll make you throw up yeah like when he'd scream and get crazy and he's not like that anymore is he not <clears throat> is he was he not chomping down mega loads of edibles no, he was chomping down mega Whoa. loads of edibles. He, that, that, I got to say, I got to say, that was very interesting. He went into his Xanax addiction. He was talking about he had a Xanax addiction that he hid from everybody and how it happened and how he got off of them. And he went into, speaking of edibles, how he, he was like, you want to know how crazy I am, Joe Rogan? You want to know how stupid I am? He was like, I was taking edibles, and then I'd take the Xanax, to bring me down off of the edibles. Because <laughs> he How said... How down can you go? He's like, Joe Rogan, I was taking the edibles and they were making me anxious, dog. And then I take the Xanax because I was too anxious. And then I take the edibles because... <laughs> so he said... He's like, so what fucking point was I doing? What was the, what was the point of it, dog? <laughs> so that was pretty interesting. Oh, but he's goodness. a father now. He's old. Joey's old, right? Isn't he like sixty something? I know Joe's he, old. Joe's like fifty something. Yeah, Rogan's in his fifties. I mean, Joey Diaz looks like he should be like seventy eight. <laughs> he's sort of always right. He's, he's six, always but he he's looks, sixty years old. And you're right, Joey always looked older he than he was. But he did a lot of drugs. He looks seventy eight. 30 years ago. 20, yeah. Like speaking of coke and all that shit, Joey was a big cokehead. I mean, a big cokehead. So, yeah, you, drugs definitely uh, age you for sure, yeah. you know? But, uh, so there you go, everybody. That's we hope funny. you enjoyed the post fight song of the week. Ian and I surely did. We had yeah. a blast on that yeah, one. That we were good. singing it the whole time. I'm still like thinking now of if, if there was a earlier version or I'm if telling I just you, maybe didn't radio hear the end or maybe radio edit. edit. The eight-track cassette tape didn't have. I don't know because that is a long song. It's five minutes with the ending, so maybe you did hear a radio edit. Yeah. Hmm. Think about it. Yeah. Let me know. I'll get back to you. Okay. <laughs> All right, everyone. That's it for our show today. We love you guys. Sorry again for what happened last week. Uh, this week I made sure to uh stop the recorder about every 45 minutes every hour and then i'm gonna piece it together i was too paranoid to do yeah. a full three hours four we, hours uh, and lose it all this time so i figured we'd i'd cry i'm gonna splice it up but it looks like it did pretty good it looks like everything is working now and i got everything fixed so don't say that yet we're happy to be last right. time you might be, not be getting the last 48 minutes son oh man okay <laughs> all right everyone we love you guys make sure to like subscribe rate and retweet support the show buy merch uh, love us we love you if you want to reach out go to at slip the jab pod on the black bluebird bed for your help bitch and then uh go find my me my at, <laughs> at lino at lino the cake and ian at kung fu bacon ian we, you we, didn't you didn't tell I, everybody i know we that was another we, thing from last we week we gotta do it. an argument about we got an argument about my new handle name we'll, we'll, and i had to critique it to death you poor did. ian you did you, and i called ian a douchebag <laughs> i didn't even remind, remember calling him a douche 
maybe we'll revisit it next week. Get people caught up on the how, the why, and all that. In the who. In the who. I'm with you. I all agree. Right. Okay, everybody. Once again, thank you all for listening. We love talking to you guys. And until next time, enjoy UFC 288. Stay safe. And we'll see you next week. Word to your mother. From casuals to fanatics, we just want to say thank you to everybody for listening. If you love us as much as we love you, then smash that like button, smash that share button, and send us off to your friends. Most importantly, if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and even its little brow brow Instagram. Not into social media? Not a problem. Swing on by slipthejabpodcast.com and send us a message the old-fashioned way via email. We'd love to hear your feedback, answer any questions you might have, or simply chop it up with you. Thanks again to everyone for joining us. Enjoy the fights, and we'll see you next time.